0: Hi, I'm Greg Pock. I'm writing Ronan Island, Firefly, Star Wars, Darth Vader, and uh, what else am I writing? Agents of Atlas. And you're listening
1: to 11 O'Clock Comics.
0: Stunning. Absolutely perfect. You're done. Hey, the
2: best one
0: i ever heard. Yep. <laughs> And amazing how it's just like one-off and he's done and he just yeah. sits back and, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Just
0: shoot that horse.
1: One take, tap. That's what they call
0: him. <laughs> Especially the women.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, Vince's skill at editing my woo are as good as he's finding pull polkos. Seriously, yeah.
0: wait a minute. <laughs>
1: Found a great one. I, together,
0: great I I was walking to the Seven Eleven. I looked down. There was a quote quote. Holy shit. This I can use this.
1: This is what Vince said. It's beautiful in its simplicity and perfection. That was one that was one straight string of words. Yeah. Then later he said just freaking brilliant in another string of words. I just right. put those two things together. And it's all true.
0: Like it's and 100% it's true. true. Vince yeah. said yes, it's absolutely right yeah on a Tony Fleece book, like what what I mean, what universe yeah. are we living in here
1: where is that the first eleven o'clock poll quote, or are they other places too?
0: Oh no, we got
1: other ones, yeah,
0: oh you're out you're around
1: you've been around
0: I don't remember exactly, like I don't keep track, but I don't know, I think we have a handful of them here and there, yeah, Sounds this one's the only one that matters though, yeah, this is well, the clash knew- of poll quotes, so hey everybody 11 o'clock comics episode 757 and i am vince b
3: yeah yes you are i am david a price
0: and when jason's away tony comes to play yep we have a guest not really a guest we have a, a family member joining us this episode the one the only tony fleece
1: Hello, everybody. Happy to be back can 't wait to talk about comics uh, i 'm also tired, so well, you do a lot of work i do i 'm doing a lot this week that 's for sure and
0: next week idle hands do the devil 's work that so yeah you're on the side of the angels and uh, there's another entity out there that 's definitely on the side of the angels and that 's discount comic book service. DCBService.com, one more time, that's DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a teensy tiny fraction of what everybody else is paying. Now, it's the flip. We've entered a new month, so the list of specials has not been posted yet. But rest assured, if you're familiar with um, Discount Comic Book Service, you know that that list of specials is going to be long and the discounts are going to be way deep. They do it up for you. So uh, peruse their site. If you want to, you can see what everybody else got discounts on last month, if you're a first-time user. And then you'll say, holy crap, I'm paying too much. Of course you are, because you don't go to Discount Comic Book Service. How foolish of you. Go there now, dcbservice.com. The list will be up probably in about two, three days. So you can see, oh, goodness, what? It says $3.99 on the cover. I'm getting it for $1.99. I'm the man. And they are the men and the women. DCBService.com. Little ham-fisted at the end of there, but I don't care. I, I liked ju- it. Thank you.
2: It
1: made me want to go check out DCBService.com.
0: Right. Stretch your comic buying dollar.
1: There you go. Did In you right. just come up with that on the fly
0: just then? No, I've used that before. No. I never yeah. heard it. I it's feel like I've listened to most episodes. It's a little pre- pedestrian, don't you think? Stretch your comic it's buying dollar. Yeah, the I guess. It
1: it doesn't tie into any sort of comic book thing. Unless you're like doing like a selling at like a plastic man or a Mr. Fantastic comic right. right. Oh nice.
0: That'd be great. If we only talked about Fantastic Four, which we don't, but Yeah. Well, we yeah. could
3: talk about the old stuff. I can pull out the burn on Lewis.
0: Sure. We could. Yeah. Let's prove
1: pull... to every episode. Um of course you know Max uh cheap graphic novels.com the You're man place for graphic com. stretch your comic book dollar uh he uh he won't listen to him out of order so if he gets behind he'll just be like oh i'm a month behind i'll have to hear you uh when i get a chance to catch up so he's heard every second of the show
0: i believe From it until, I until like really. two weeks ago max is great too um yeah, oh, yeah i highly highly recommend cheapgraphicnovels.com
1: That's cheapgraphicnovels.com at cheapgraphicnovels.com.
0: Yep.
1: Do you feel like if the DCBS heard this segment of the show they'd just be like what are these assholes doing?
0: No, it's no, cuz we've bad. no, we've uh tipped the hat to Max in the past. Uh, one I think for a whole month we did. And no, it's it's earned. Um uh, rest assured, if we talk about a um, commercial service here on discount. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, on eleven o'clock comics. Chances are we back at one hundred percent because I'm not going to come on here and, and say, "Hey, yeah, go to Amazon and get your books." Like, no. Um, get them bent. Get them ripped. <laughs> yeah, get the get the corners all dinged up and pubic hair inside the box. Like, no, mm. I'm not doing it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I got to- uh, Maxie sending dappy. Uh, Uh, everybody's getting cute little nicknames right now because i'm too tired
2: (laughs) can i have one
1: (laughs) he's sending david uh uh, the mouse uh, slipcase with the both of the mouses so that
0: can relive cultural trauma at some point i have to say dap has an amazing skill
3: with what uh
0: with um you'll if you say oh you know i i never read that Man, it's just oh, i, I just I, i've just never read it chances are very good he'll have like 132 people <laughs> no, lining up
3: using me with you
0: no it. no lining up to send him stuff and you know yeah. it's great I, I i admire it No,
3: and i, and I appreciate that and and sincerely I, I really really do and i don't i but i i don't it's it's you it make it sound like i have this skill like i manipulate people oh if i type it this way all, oh, no. yeah. you know
0: what I've always admired the Bentley but I I never got around to buying one so yeah,
2: and <laughs> well, then he, he, he looks in like the driveway one day guy.
1: like if it's a teen beat you know like and, and you guys are a boy band he's like the uh,
0: Joey Fatone know.
3: am I the
1: Davy Jones?
0: No you're Joey Fatone
1: yeah the Davy Jones is the <laughs> how dare you Joey <laughs> <Call him laughs> <the> Fatone <laughs> you know you're the Fatone <laughs>
0: Yeah, who would we be in the monkeys? Monkees? Uh, uh, you, you may be Davy Jones. I think he would be. I'm definitely Mickey. You
3: think? Yeah. I mean, I could see you as Mike, but yeah, you know. That's true. That's true. But then I don't know who Jason, Jason sure as fuck isn't Peter, but I mean, would that mean, would, would is, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're Mickey, then Jason would have to be, have to be Mike.
0: Yeah, but Jason would be like, monkeys. I don't want to be in that right? that thing. Tell him I w-
1: whichever one you want. He'll be that. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We
0: can make him be Mike. Yeah. So, drink roll call. Um, I think we're all imbibing this episode, right?
3: Uh, I don't think we're that. Why? Did you not?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no, no Tony. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Well, okay. I needed this. Um, Which is why yeah. here. Yep. Nice. I am drinking... 19 Crimes, 20... I think Jason isn't here. Seriously. Where does that rank on the Jason list? I don't know. But anyway. Um, 19 Crimes, 2018 Red Wine. Oh, I thought that said pedophile, but it doesn't. It says punishable. <laughs> I was like, why does my wine say pedophile? <laughs> That's weird. Well, I mean, you
3: know. It is well, 19 island, Crimes, though. The island is a penal colony,
0: so... Oh, penal. Love it. Hmm. Yep. I hope that's
1: not one of the 19 crimes. That would be really... I mean, that's not good for your wine.
3: No. It's, it's, it's just any on the label. What are you drinking? Oh, me? my God. <laughs> uh,
1: established in 1885, uh, but this vintage uh, was was made up a little bit later. Uh, I'm working with a Diet Dr. Pepper. Zero calories because I'm on a diet, as you well know. I'm down 20 pounds. Uh, and I've got like uh, forty to go to get rid of this COVID. I put on the old COVID seventy, so just uh, trying to take that back off yeah. so that I can uh, not have my hips hurt from sleeping.
3: That would be a good thing. Yeah. I yeah. I, I um. I don't. I I haven't touched a scale in a while, so I don't know how much I may have put on. During, uh, during the past year and a half All I do know though is that um, I love Apple Fitness Plus And at least a half hour every day That's my BFF And it seems to be doing something Smart Do you get that with the Apple Plus? You I mean it, you can bundle it with the oh, so uh, With the whole to... Apple One mm. By itself It's a monthly or 80 bucks for the year Oh,
0: that's not bad at all.
3: No, especially considering all the different workouts and training programs and everything. It's insane. It's, that's a life autograph,
0: right there. Right? Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> if you're lucky. I mean, barely a, a yeah, because it, it's cheaper than a remark. Uh, cool. But yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. But um, I, I am, uh, since I knew I could leave the basil's in in the um, in the cabinet. I am joining Vince tonight with uh the American winery of the year Ooh. from uh wine enthusiast twenty nineteen. Don't know what happened last year, and it is um Bogle Vineyards Essential Red from twenty seventeen from all the way in uh California. So I'm I'm here for here for Vince with the wine, yeah rep in California for Tony.
1: You know what? Last week I was listening and Jason said he was having a wine from Paso Robles Yes. But he thought that was in Spain. That's out here. I think I fucking mailed that to him. <laughs> I was just yelling at the... I was like, Paso Robles. That's for me, motherfucker. I'm sorry to curse. So oh, much you're
0: good. No. No, we like to
1: keep it clean here.
0: Yeah. yeah. He'll hmm. never
1: hear this, but the, the Paso Robles, not in Spain. I mean, there may be one in Spain, <laughs> but that's not where that wine
0: came from. came from me going up to the wine country with my ex. Nice. You know what? I, I hope you call him out on that, because I would love to hear the convoluted explanation as to why he's not wrong. So,
2: Bro, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bruh,
2: relax.
0: I'd be mean, like, all right, here we go. It's like when you when you crest the hill on the roller coaster, that's when I know I'm going to. You're at the very top of that thing. Up, oh, here we go. <laughs> I love him and miss him, but... Uh,
1: yeah. 19 Crimes according to just a cursory Google is looks like it averages about four point five out of five stars. But I feel like Jason is on like a one hundred point scale, right? That's the yeah. thing he
0: looks at. Well, all right, here's the deal. My daughter bought me this bottle for my birthday. So uh-huh. it could it could be a one 0, and I would still think it's the greatest thing in the world. So made with love. She's right. old enough
1: to buy booze now?
0: She's twenty four. Yep. Yeah. My oh, my okay. oldest is twenty four. Yeah. Okay, all right. Remember, I'm 56, so...
1: Yeah. You have a lot of children.
0: I do, three. So, hey, let's talk about them, their comics. Hey. What do we have to uh, chew on here? I'm very excited.
1: Well, You should go first. Uh, You got something with dicks in it, right?
0: I have a lot of things with dicks in it. (laughs) I'm just saying that... And I'm I'm really working the conceptual continuity here this week because um, both books are very similarly themed. Both books are from the same publisher. So I got an Orama in the works. If you are a fan of our show notes, you know that when we talk about more than one thing from a publisher, we do the Dark Horse Orama or Image Orama. Well, this episode, I have a Scout Comics Black Caravan Orama.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll lead. Um, If you're like me, and the thought of seeing a demon claw its way out of a man's puckered, prolapsed anus fills you with much joy, then Cherry Blackbird number one may be the comic for you, because that's exactly what happens within the first couple pages. There's a guy. Not
1: going to believe this, uh, but I've read this comic.
0: Nice, excellent.
1: You can right. do a orama orama on this thing.
0: Cool. Um, y- there's a a, a a skanky dude who, after um, spending time with his lady, asks her to um, destroy his anus with a dildo, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Come on, really rip that sucker up," and she's like, "Oh god, okay." Um, and as he's on all fours with his ass in the air he He starts screaming and his ass starts bleeding, and his 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 anus it prolapses it puckers out, and a demon crawls out of his ass and uh that's just like I said within the first couple pages this comic um features a young lady <laughs> definitely not one you'd bring home to mama uh her name's cherry Blackbird, and she's the uh the front woman of a band. Called whore of babylon very appropriate she's kind of cut from the same uh cloth as wendy o williams from the plasmatics um she's very popular for good reason uh on stage she wears tape over her nipples like i said like wendy o um but they're they're a, a metal band and they're 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 mired in the 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 dark and and creepy stuff but uh she's very popular because she sold her soul to Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, you know, old Scratch Satan, uh, and and she has a contract, and it um, it comes due on her twenty seventh birthday. Uh, so she will us- be ushered into the the ranks of the twenty seven club with Janice and Jimmy and Brian Jones and Jim Morrison and Kurt. If you do you know do the research, there's a string of uh, recording artists that uh, passed away in the uh, in the year 27 uh well their year 27 so uh so she goes backstage after she, whatever and and the devil pays her a visit uh, but it's her 26th birthday so she has a full year before the the contract is due and uh i really like the way the devil's represented in this book he clicks for some reason like he he speaks and you, he, he he has this uh affectation to his his speech pattern where he clicks and she hears the click going into the the backstage room but it's the paparazzi and she's very very aware of that sound that clicking sound so she thought something was up oh maybe not but then she goes into the 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 dressing room and the the actual devil is there and he's got it he's got a deal for her seven of the most despicable depraved degenerate demons ever to Rome, hell, they call themselves the Seven Sins. Appropriately enough, they've escaped, uh, and the devil needs them to be put in their places. So he offers Cherry a deal: should she manage to send them all back to hell before her twenty-seventh birthday, that dirty devil's going to consider her first contract null and void. Rip it up. You're done. You're free. Any infernal commitments, I. Uh, uh, bestowed upon you, you are now, you know, free and clear. Uh, So the devil, all these demons, these seven, have uh, acquired human hosts to do what they do, right? So the devil gives Cherry a lighter, uh, took up the Bic lighter, whatever, um, and, and it was owned by the human host of the first demon on the list, this shithead named Mavo. And the lighter can lead Cherry straight to her first assignment. But before she could do that, she needs to get right. She needs to get her shit together, because facing demons is not an easy thing to do, even if you're backed by the devil, right? So her ex-girlfriend, Sunny, has some experience with old Scratch. Um, She used to know this old guy named Arnell, who has uh, tussled with the devil in the past. And uh, Arnell trains Cherry um he increases her control not only over her body she can punch through walls now you know boom right right through cinder block walls with her bare hands uh but more importantly he 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 trains her mind he trains her to think differently you know like she worked for apple so now she can use her mind to free herself from the the constraints of gravity and the hunt is on right I think it would be a gross understatement to say I merely like this book. I love this book. Like this, uh, it, it seems tailor made for me. And uh, before I forget, it was written and illustrated by Joseph Schmalki. There's a name that's always associated with the Black Caravan books. It seems like he does like five books a month. Like he's got uh, uh, prodigious output. I and- feel like
1: it's his line or something. I was trying to figure out what his deal is or what like what the yeah just what his deal is
0: right um i i i I have never read a joseph schmalky book that i did not like Uh, he just seems to be uh you know we're we're on the same wavelength as far as what we want to see in comics and um it's uh, i mean his art is is a bit rough hewn um it's it's not elegant, it doesn't need to be. Um the line work is is immediate and and you know really gruff and, and and dirty. Uh but it's perfect for this title. And um I like the way he thinks. So uh
1: I I uh I agree with you that this is a a perfect Vince comic. Um I liked all of the things that were in it. Um but in some cases, I wish that they were arranged better. Um, just because, like, I like the way you laid it out, like, if I was listening to this, I would be like, oh, I got to read that. Um, and shout out Scout Comics. You guys are very cool. I know you listen. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not, like, uh, I'm not taking a shit on this book. Like, I think it is a neat book. Um, but just, like, some of the, like, the setup payoff... And like sort of the suspense and the page turns of it all and like the clarity of it I had oh I took issue with some of the time like I I just when I got to the end of it I was like this had like five or six things in it that I really thought were cool and like I would want to read more about but just because as a comic they weren't set up for the optimal delivery you know right like we talk about at the beginning so the book starts out like Vince was saying this guy's in a hotel room with his lady, and they had just been fooling around, and then he wants her to, to peg him. Um, That's what it's called? He, yeah, pegging. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so he bends over and puts his ass in the air. It's a family show, kids. And, uh, and then a demon pops out of it, but I feel like there's a more suspenseful way to play it, where, like, what if... She, I mean, and again, this... I'm a comic creator, so I don't want to just tell some other people how to do their job. But I'm as right. I'm reading it, I'm like, well, if she would have put it in and then just be like, he's like, go ahead, and she's like, there's something in here, you know, like there, there's a way to build up suspense more before you just have a demon crawl out of a person's asshole. Which right, I, guess I see what
0: I I would have done is I would have had her penetrate him, yeah, with the dildo and That's have and have the demon emerge into the world with the dildo in its mouth like a bone or its eyeball or yeah yeah because it's a ram-headed baphomet inspired demon so yeah i mean there could have been a more you could have fine-tuned it a bit but you know just seeing a demon crawl out of a guy's asshole like okay (laughs) (laughs) that guy
1: it was like those uh,
0: you can polish it
1: the tank guns in indiana jones when he puts a rock in them and it just blows up like a flower like that's what that dude looked like when the demon <laughs> oh
0: yeah yeah he was done kaput yeah. and uh the the demon looks at uh the woman and says we have work to do <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no but i'm yeah i i, I that's kind that's of agree with your assessment of it it could have been uh polished a bit but um you know to be completely honest i'm not looking for polish here in the yeah, in, sure. a, in a book and like I this
1: guess the- the deal with this book is that it's you know it's a one man band like it's one guy putting it together and putting it out, and so in that way you're sort of getting like this pure unvarnished thing uh, which is cool, which I do like but i but I often think like oh, if they would have just taken a you know like tweak this here, move this here a little bit this would have been a right, much more right like a, a more of a page turner
0: I'm a bit concerned because it's only a five issue series, and she has seven yeah. demons to dispatch, and we haven't even seen the first. And it's going to be issue two before we see that. So we're definitely going to get... It's going to be a fast-paced... It has to be a fast-paced book because she's going to have to at least do two demons an issue, right?
1: It's going to have to be like Scott Pilgrim. Some volumes are going to have more than one evil exploit.
0: And you would think that they would get progressively more difficult to beat. So I would think that the, the, the last remaining demon is going to... Uh, comprise an entire issue alone but i mean who knows uh i I, i'm really enjoying it um i i i look at my my pull list and the scout the number of scout comics particularly the black caravan are increasing exponentially with every order (coughs) i really i
1: mean you you are on point these are pure vince comics
0: yeah, as is the one I'm going to talk about later on. I mean, it just seems like, um, in in terms of uh, you know fine, tuning into that channel, that that frequency is is exactly copacetic with mine. So, uh, but that's not true of everything Scout publishes. But the Black Caravan stuff, yeah, that's that's yeah, my jam. The packaging
3: jam. is solid. I mean, it's it's a great, it's a great cards heavy duty covers mm-hmm. and and nice slick paper. I mean, I I read. I don't get everything Scout does. I don't read everything they do. I enjoyed the recount, which wasn't a Black Caravan book, so the trade dress was a little different. It was on a slicker cover, but um, I I do like the Black Caravan line. And and it seems in the latest previews, there is a ton of Black Caravan books.
0: Yeah, and they're all just whoop right on my pull list. Um, uh, The Electric Black, like I'm just I, I don't know. I see Black Caravan, it's like okay. Uh, I don't even, my, my methodology is when I see a book solicited and I'm not entirely familiar with the creative team, I'll just Google, you know, maybe the writer, more importantly, the artist. Right. And whatever comes up, then I'll make my decision. But with the black caravan stuff, I'm like, okay, ding, 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 ding. Like I don't even Google it because part of me doesn't want to know. I want to be surprised, um, when they come and, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank Jeff Carter for, um. Making this uh cherry blackbird number one possible because uh he didn't send it to me, so oh yeah
1: i I bought it with my own money at a store
0: well, see, this was th- the time when uh and I had to do some fancy footwork with dcbs because after he said like you i didn't even see it he said you're gonna love this and he's and he's i'm gonna send it to you so i was like okay i guess i gotta do my due diligence and get on dcbs and i i had to backtrack and order number two after it was solicited and they they were great and they just threw it on my list and then i ordered three simultaneously so i'm in for cherry nice. blackbird yeah and i mean i'm not going to second guess it anymore if it says black caravan on it i'm just automatically going to order it
1: I'm doing some web sleuthing about this Joe Schmalky trying to figure out what his deal
0: is. <laughs> do you we have your, your Sherlock Holmes hat on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: deer hunter, deer stalker? Yeah, let's nice. do it.
0: But, uh, yeah, the cards, I, I agree with Dap. I think their their presentation is great. I love a uh, a thicker pound paper for the cover. Nothing incenses me more than self-cover. I really don't like self covers because it's lazy to me if your cover is of the same stock as your interior pages this it's not special I don't care how amazing the illustration is on your cover if it's of the same paper type as your interior pages it's it for me it's a letdown right Do you guys feel the same way i do i i uh I had a and i don't
3: you know i mean it it doesn't mean that the content. Unfortunately, as good as the content was, it was um, let down by the, the the packaging. But I picked up a trade, a Marvel trade recently, and I swear to God, the cover of the trade felt like no. the rest of the paper inside the book.
0: Oh, no, that would be totally verboten. No, no, Mm-mm. I can't have that.
3: I picked up a
1: trade the other day, uh, Image Comics title. Uh, Stray Dogs. Uh, <laughs> paper on the outside, we're talking about a matte finish. Ooh. Nice. Toothy grain.
2: Nice. Uh, little,
1: not, I mean, there's a little bit of a spot gloss. I know we like that. Okay.
0: We do. Uh,
1: quotes on the back, we've already been over. Uh, but then the inside paper is thicker than the original uh, printing pit. Those are, you know, the, the single issue is a little floppy. Uh, and this one, just a nice perfectly sized and shaped uh, graphic novel so, like they just really nailed it on that one congrats to them right it
0: looks very nice um, but very i you. i give image a tad of leeway um when it comes to single issues because inevitably i'll order the stuff in trade before i order in well no after i ignore the floppies Like there are some series that i always read in floppy like savage dragon and and the you know ants stuff like that but um if, if i'm going to be picky uh and i am i will wait to th- get the trade because of that 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 self cover just drives me up a wall i don't like that that trend in self cover uh, and we know everybody does it marvel does it these whatever but i i think a cover should be special it it and should be they uh, offer you
1: an option uh, but it's just a price thing, and, and you have to choose it before your first issue comes out. And so oh. you're, you're working, like, at in the margins of, you know, like, Stray Dogs did good, but not every book does. And so you're just like, all right, well, if we print it this way, we have to sell this money before we make money. And if we print it with a nicer cover, we got to sell X amount more before we make
0: money. Well, on so it yeah honestly, how much more does it add to the total when you get a little bit heavier stock for the cover?
1: Uh, like a couple thousand dollars sometimes
0: ah, I think somebody's bullshitting you because it, <laughs> it it shouldn't cost that
1: much'm'm oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, once my mouse is finished recharging, I'll bring up some numbers. We'll get into all right
0: later. no, that's cool because um it's good to be informed right um, here's
1: jo- speaking of which here's what Joseph Schmulke's up to uh so he runs this thing at vault. Um, and But Scout. then he also does Scout. vinyl toys. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's Scout. That's my bad. But he also does vinyl toys, and they sell them through a part of the Scout uh, website called Tracker Collectibles. So they make, like, vinyl toys and stuffed animals. I think just for his... So there's Phantom Starkiller, and yeah, then right. Draco, Knuckle Duster. Yeah, yeah. We I'm
0: aware of those. But what they have other things?
1: Uh, there's a Stabity Bunny uh, plushie. Uh, And and that's all that comes from his, it's this uh, brand called Tracker, Scout Tracker. So it sounds like he's just pretty well tied in with Scout. And he's done a bunch of other cover art, like variant covers for, uh, like, Archie and Marvel and and a bunch of stuff. So he's just a guy out there making comics.
0: Not wrong with that.
1: It's on point. Like, I wish when my first comic came out, it was like that. that I just had, like, a whole line of stuff, and they were like, oh, Tony Fleece's... Blackwood's (laughs) Blackwood's <laughs> prestige comics line.
0: You know, From I'm going to ask the obvious. Um, if the stray dogs' uh, plushies aren't in the works, why not? Well,
1: you know we sold the rights to Paramount uh, for for a movie, and in the Paramount contract they have most of the li- licensing rights. Oh. Um, we're talking to them right now about there might be a difference between comic book stuff and movie stuff mm-hmm. so uh if that's the case we'll definitely make some trish's uh champing at the bit so, uh, nice love you to, yeah <laughs> to make some plushies so uh, I mean, now I, make, I'm make not sure you take the
0: lucas angle on this don't get a percentage of the merchandising
1: yeah uh we get a percentage of it we're just we just can't be the you know we're we're not Hasbro. Lucas got a better deal where he could go make the deals and and get yeah. all the merchandising and all that stuff. We're just like we get a piece of it, but you guys can go do it, which is the I guess the standard deal.
0: Nice. I mean, I'm
3: surprised it's just. I mean, it's been years, and I think, I I doubt I'm the only person who's ever said this or thought of it. But I I don't know why there aren't any like Tony fleece fleece hoodies and shit like that. Oh, Tony fleece fleeces. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Maybe this time next year, as we as we continue to do a little bit better each time out, uh, maybe there will be a demand for that sort of thing. Otherwise, I would just get you three, Tony fleece fleeces, and I think that would be the. I would I, I'd rock
0: the hell out of
3: it. Nice,
0: but they have to be authentic. I think you got to get them pre-pilly. You got to wear them a little bit so are all. There's all the pills right. on you them. Yeah, them
3: smell like Tony. Oh shit! Yeah, You yeah. do that. Yeah, why not? That I can do.
0: So what else? I know else? We did that
3: with some of our t-shirts, that Vince wore some t-shirts when he went out running. I know <laughs> the patrons would eat that shit. Out. Oh, yeah.
0: When he went out running. <laughs> Chasing the food truck. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, just any beats wear it when he goes out. Oh, and- uh, dude. Oh, it smells
0: like a vagine. He's Yeah. <laughs> My boy's a handsome little man, I got to say.
3: Yes, he is.
0: He, he is. is, and he knows it, which is he bad. He can play both sides, yeah. Yeah. yeah hey, you want to catch a dick? Go ahead. I don't no, care. No, seriously. Whatever. Whatever floats I, your boat.
1: I named a, a character in the last Stray Dog story after uh, after Vinny Beats. Uh, after actually, because I remember Tom King put you guys in a Batman comic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yes. uh, I, was, I was working on the last Stray Dog story, and uh, Vinny Beats is not mentioned by name, so I'm telling you here <laughs> just so that you know. But there is a there's a Colin and there's a Renee Aww. in the story shouts out to you
0: sweet that's awesome
1: have bad news about renee though if you've read Straight dogs oh my god <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> all right let's let's talk about something else what do we got you want me to go i what so I, yeah whatever whatever makes you Speaking
1: happy of, uh, killers of women uh, <laughs> did you hear what eddie gain done uh You guys went through pronunciation last week. You tried to figure out how to say it, right? Yeah. Jason was doing the In Your Travels on the way out last week, and Vince hadn't read it yet. And I just read it uh, a couple weeks ago, and I love it. And so I immediately got on the horn with Vince and tried and get him to order this thing, and he would not be moved.
0: No, that's not true. That's not true. Did Um, you order uh, I did not yet, but... Um, when when my plans are in motion for an episode, uh, they are unshakable. <laughs> and I had my my things to talk about, and you're just like, oh, you gotta read that. I don't know. That, that's hard to do when it's like a couple days before the episode. So yeah, if you asked me like last week, it would have been done. But
1: Fair enough. you have your yeah. process. I don't want to. I wrong. do. I do. Um, well, uh, you should order it because, as Jason told you, you're gonna love it um it's eric powell and this writer named harold Schechter, who's a crime writer and so uh, they wrote it together i mean what i would suspect is that they wrote it together and eric powell being a experienced comic creator was just like just give me the the details and i'll figure out how to break this down into a comic and then there's a lot of dialogue in it too so he's great at that too so i'd be interested in knowing exactly how they work together but um it's a great way to get a beautiful looking true crime book but that's also researched and considered like true crime writers research and consider things um but it's about ed gain um and for those that don't know he's uh who Uh, Norman Bates was based on. He's who uh, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs is based on. Uh, There's a few others too, right? I mean... Whatever. There's a ton of people. Yeah, there's many others. uh, He would kill ladies. He would dig up bodies. uh, And he would uh, dress up in their skin. Um, He was a real creepy son of a bitch. But this... Besides just being a story about him it's also a story about the town where he lived and and sort of like how that place grew and changed and how devastated it was by this stuff that he did there um, but the reason it 's called "Did you Hear what Eddie Gain done?" is because it's sort of from a like a people's history version of it you know like they researched. Using interviews conducted from other people in town, and sort of like what the what the consensus was from the people in town about w- what had happened and, and, and how everyone felt about it. So it's it's a it's an interesting take. I mean, obviously, all stories like this are told by the survivors, unless you get one of those creepy uh, jailhouse interview type things. Um, and there is some of that because he eventually gets captured and he and he confesses and and gets put in institutions and stuff. So you have like straight from the horse's mouth stuff, um, but it's a hardcover graphic novel from Albatross Press. It's twenty nine ninety nine. It was originally uh, a Kickstarter, and I I, I did not kickstart. I didn't know about it till it just popped up in my comic shop on the shelf, and I was like, "What is this?" You know, I like a, a true crime comic, and and one by somebody who I already trust is like a easy easy buy. Um, but it's just great, like the the vibe of it is great. I mean tr- like warning, it's uh obviously upsetting. Uh because what this guy got up to was upsetting and and Eric Powell's such a good storyteller that um in the same way that I was talking about Cherry Blackbird sort of missing some some page turns and stuff, you know, like uh missing opportunities, uh Eric Powell doesn't miss a trick. Uh, there's one page turning this thing that, uh, you know something's so good that it just makes you mad? You know? Where you're just reading something and you're just like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. You know, like, it really got me. Um, and I don't want to even set up uh, what it is, but I think when you're reading the book and it happens, you're just going to be like, ouch! You know, like, motherfucker. It's really good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, like, beautifully drawn um, and And very detailed, um, especially for, you know, sometimes uh, the goon was always drawn very well, but a lot of times the backgrounds, he could sort of just fall off, you know? Yeah. And Powell really uh, picks his shots for this. I mean, he would always draw in backgrounds, but it would just sort of like fade away. That was the style of the goon. Um, But because this is such a uh, detail-heavy... You know, like, he's telling us a story about a real person, real place, and real victims and stuff. Like, there's just a lot of detail. Um, and it goes through from, basically, from this guy's... Well, it starts out with uh, Alfred Hitchcock and Psycho and sort of talking about the influence and, and sort of, like, give context for this thing you're about to read about. Um, and then it quickly jumps back to uh, a young Ed Gein being raised by his overbearing you know, very religious mother and his very weak alcoholic father. Um, and just sort of like the torture that he went through growing up and like the things that he saw that he shouldn't have seen and and like things that happened to him that shouldn't have happened to him. And, uh, you know, it's all nurture nature shit when it comes to serial killers. So you can believe whatever you want, but it's just sort of like, you know, when you dig deep enough on some of this stuff and you're just like, this guy never had a chance. Like, he, there's a chance he, sh- he couldn't have murdered women and worn their clothes around, but, like, he wasn't going to be okay no matter what. You know? Right. Um, so, so yeah, just fo- it just follows him through his whole life, and then it sort of gets closer and closer to the, you know, to when he starts doing creepy stuff. And then it does a cool thing where uh, it skips forward a ways to... It sort of skips over him doing a lot of the stuff, and then you get to find out about it. Like, you've seen the setup for it, and it skips forward, and then you get to find out about what he did the same way the town found out about what he did, which I feel like the way I'm saying that, like, they talk to people from out of, from in the town. Um, well, they didn't. They read interviews. You know, this happened uh, many years ago. Um, it definitely puts you in the perspective of those people in that town. That, like, now you know who this guy is. You know how he came up. And then you're just gonna start to hear about this horrible shit that went on, and then it sort of takes you through the whole, uh, the whole, all the way to the end, you know, till till when he dies eventually. All right. Um, but yeah, it's it's great, highest possible recommendation. If you're into true crime, um, if you're into, if you like the goon, if you like the goon Chinatown, I wouldn't say if you liked all the goon because some of it was sort of lighter and more fun. Um, but if you like a, you know, like a dark ride and, uh, and, and especially if you like true crime, like if you liked Green River Killer or those Rick Geary books that I'm always pushing on here, um, or if you just like, you know, true crime pro- podcasts or whatever, um, or, uh, my friend Dahmer or whatever, like this, this should sit on the shelf. Anybody that has those books, this should sit on a shelf next to them, I would say.
0: See, I'll be totally honest with you. When you told me to read this thing, um... Again, had the thing set in motion already, but uh, I did a little bit of searching, and uh, my concern uh, stems from the fact that the pages look like a bunch of talking heads to me. Now, when you when well, you I mean, when you say it's upsetting and disturbing, um, since we're talking about uh, Eddie, uh, yeah. I I expect to see uh, him spooning brains out of somebody's skull right uh this looks like a procedural to me like uh are there explicit violent disturbing bloody passages or is it just people talking about ed
1: no it's it's violent as fuck
0: oh good well it should be right why don't they show those images
1: sometimes they do the thing where it's because so much of what he did was like um Grave robbing and like necrophilia stuff. Yep. Um, in some cases, they will skip the part because, on record, he he only killed two people. Like that they that they can pin him with. Yeah. And then a lot of because they they eventually they find this house and it's this this house of horrors. You know, just like stinks to high hell, and it's just full of pieces of of old ladies. He was into older women. Um, and but a lot of them he had just dug up and stolen himself. Um, but, so there's only two opportunities for them to show him, like, doing the actual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do them both sort of differently. But as far as, like, gross shit goes, yeah, it's I mean, it's Chuck. I mean, there there's a lot of talking, but that is sort of, like, setting the mood for what you're going to see. Like, it's a, like I said, it's a well uh it's a considered and, and well put together package where interesting like, yeah tells you all the stuff and then in, from an interesting perspective not just from like a documentary style like ed gain was born and blah, 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 you know like it, it puts you in the perspective of somebody that grew up next to this guy or down the street from this guy and then all then all of a sudden town
0: now are there two covers because i see something here by william stout and uh that's not a new well, image so I remember I seeing that way back. Oh, cool.
1: Um, there, I think there was some controversy that like the book showed up in stores before people started getting their their kickstarters. Um, I don't know like what the whole deal with that is, but like I said, it just showed up in my store, so it's possible there was like a a Kickstarter co-
2: cover.
0: Neat. It's a great stout image, but it's one that I believe it appeared on a Last Gas book like years and years ago. Uh, but it, like I said, it's it's stout, so it's a fantastic cover, and it just he captures Ed perfectly. Um, but uh, I also like the Powell cover. There's a there's a real desolation to that image that I like a lot. Yeah, with the house. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm looking up the Stout one right now. I haven't seen it.
0: Oh, it's just a great yeah. image, but. uh. No, okay, oh, you got me. I'll, I'll order this. Why not? Listen,
1: if you hate it, uh, I'll send you $29. I got it like that.
0: <laughs> it comes with the Tony Fleece guarantee. Yeah. I'm talking
3: say about you, Vince, say you hate it. Imagine how much Two Bros Pizza we can have
0: with that. Oh, seriously. What? That's what? 24 pieces of, of pizza. <laughs> um. Now
3: you're.
0: Make Unless sure you get they, pepperoni,
1: take the money and buy food with it. That's infuriating. Periodic...
0: And you should you know, see Jason's face whenever we walk by the two bros, because if it was up to me, I would eat that all the time, mm-hmm. and like that's it. And we, we walk by, and I say, "Oh, hey, two bros." Jason goes, "Bruh," like he'll oh, get it. Yeah. He'll get it once. But that's it. Like he'll do the his due deal. He'll he'll get the pizza with us once because he knows we want it, and then after that we suggest it and again. Then
3: after that, it's like all all hounds tooth all the time. It's like oh a, yeah, places in the fucking piper's kill, Yeah,
0: and yeah. Well, I don't mind the hounds tooth. I think it's it's a great place, but um, it gets packed. It does. I, I, I
3: enjoy it when we're just you know it, it's there's I always feel. I, it's it's not necessarily claustrophobic, but it it I always feel like we're rushed when we're in there. because oh, the I know bar it's, it's is great, all- so We're hitting and running, but but I always feel like we're being rushed out of there.
0: Yeah. Tony, you going to NYCC or no? Nah, it's
1: too it's, it's too many people for me still. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm doing a couple of shows, and I'm doing Rose City next week, and I'm uh I'm going. I'm excited to see people again, but I'm also you know like scared to uh, catch COVID and die. Yeah. So, uh I'm a, I'm a little bit up in the air about it. A million people canceled that show. And but I'm still going because uh I have a hard time saying no to things. Uh but also I have the the Straight <laughs> it Sounds like I'm just advertising all show. The Straight Dogs trade comes out the week after next and I have all these signings lined up. So I felt like there's no possible way I could just be like, hey, I can't make it to your show. I'm scared of COVID. And then just all of a sudden my social media blows up with me just being like, find me in Tustin, California for four hours signing comics at a comic shop. You know?
0: I would give you the side eye if you didn't capitalize on your, your hard work.
1: Well, thank you. Oh, by the way, I want to just tell you one more thing about this Ed Gain book uh, that that might be a selling point to you. And the hardcover has one of those revolting dust jackets Mm. But it, when you take it off, exact same image underneath. So you're you're, you're oh, out, nice. out of the away.
0: But say then, why publish the duck, dust jacket at yeah, all? Then yeah, that's, that's just definitely. silly. People hate yeah. dust. It does but not prevent it from getting on, get the on the book. Cover. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It doesn't get on the cover. It gets on this shitty dust cover that you can right, throw away on you. but dust is still there.
0: But it's still... No, it's Are like you taking sure? off your...
1: No, you're, no, you're just like, look at all this dust. So what am I going to do? You just take that thing off and throw it away. You're good.
3: It's uh, but that But that doesn't keep dust from never coming onto the other book the right. cover? Right. Well, nothing's forever. This is
1: just get you halfway there with the dust.
0: Oh. Nice. The deep fleece. That's what we're getting this episode. Deep fleece all shag. He's going all in. Yeah. Oh, boy. But it does sound good. And the the, the presence of Hitchcock just increases the viability to me for this, too. Do they mention Texas Chainsaw Massacre at all? or?
1: That's the other one. that Yes, they do.
0: Nice. I'm in. I, I can't say no to this, then. So you done convinced me. I hope you're happy.
1: Oh. I would be happy if Eric Powell and this guy, Harold Schechter, just decided to do a series of these. You know, like if they just did every year. Or every couple of years, just another one because the format of it, and I feel like you know, with two creatives on it, you could figure out different ways to to present it, like different formats. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit.
3: Rick Eury used to have an annual theme thing, didn't he? Uh,
1: I well, I only know from after because I would buy him at Comic Con like the whatever the thing was he put together, like ABCs of Murder. Yeah. Or,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems like I've been reading Rick Geary comics for like ever. Yes, right. Very,
3: I mean, and 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 I I'm I've never been to the con, but I always I will forever associate Sandy the original San Diego Comic Con before it became Comic Con International with with Rick Geary because oh, he, yeah. was the, he was the
0: artist of uh, of the con yeah he did the original uh, bird image right yeah yeah, yeah. toucan can. Yep. We can.
1: He's 75 years old
0: now. Oh, I bought a God. page from
1: a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, from one of those murder books um, from the... Um, I think from H.H. H. Holmes. Um, but I bought a splash page from him because it was pretty cheap on his website and it's beautiful. Um, but we like wrote back and forth a little bit. Super nice guy. Uh, of course recommended his, his comics. His murder yeah. Comics
0: always for a lot of uh well for a good amount of time I was I was very into Rick Geary I still am but I'm talking as a as a creative person and uh back in the day I would draw and I would capstone my line with a dot like Geary used to do very frequently and I was like wow this is the coolest thing ever and then I'm like well you're actually aping someone uh, that's not your thing, that's Gary's thing, so maybe you shouldn't do it. So I was like, All right, but I just love the way that looks. Where you get that I little do it
1: sometimes. the
0: terminus on the line is a dot. That's cool. I like that. So there you go. Very
3: cool.
0: All right, Dap, you gotta hit us in the face with something.
3: I'll hit you in the face. Uh shout out to uh to our boy Ray, our our housemate, our our friend. Um he
0: uh he sent me another couple of boxes tony you see what i'm talking about now it's it's no, very no no
3: no, <laughs> no 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 i bought these boxes thank you I very much it. oh nice well i bought, i i i i bought my man's plethora of, of oh the of star trek stuff star trek nice right? so um as i was sorting the boxes and uh and putting things away putting a bunch of uh, books away and uh on, on the slack the patrons can see the things that came in recently but i grabbed this trade um that i'm holding up so everybody can see because uh, i remember buying the mini series when uh when they were coming out in the early 90s and this was this was a neat little thing um so there was an event i'm gonna call because i think this was happening right before originally when when DC had the Star Trek license, they had the um, they had the regular, standard size newsstand, newsprint style comic series that took place after Star Trek Two, and that was that era. And that was written by Mike W. Barr. You had the Tom Sutton and um, Ricardo Villagran art, and it was a great series. When that series ended, DC came out with the new Baxter style new format Star Trek series and um and that ran for a while and when the next generation television series started DC first had a mini series to test the waters and it was very successful so they came out with a with an ongoing next generation series um before in, I believe it was in between the mini series and the ongoing series this Little thing came out, and this is called Star Trek: The Modala Imperative, and it started. It's it, the reason why I say it's it, it, I kind of quote it with, with calling it an event is there were four issues that took place during the original series era, and then there was a sequel of sorts, where four issues took place with the Next Generation crew, uh, all around this one planet that the natives of the planet called, um, Modala. And the, uh, it, it, the series, the story takes place, starts off right after basically when Ensign Chekhov shows up on the Enterprise. Um, because he's kind of daydreaming right at the start of, of the story. And, uh, Scotty has to kind of Scotty's on the bridge at the moment and, and he kind of brings him back down. And, um, Kind of sets them straight and, and, and lets them know, you know, you can't, you can't just be thinking about other things when we're out here in space because you don't know what's going to happen and kind of uh, scares them straight. But um, on the planet, there's a, uh, there's, they've already, Kirk made contact with this planet on his previous ship when they were testing the waters to see if this planet uh, should be invited into uh, the United Federation of Planets, uh, so now they're going back. Still haven't, still haven't made first contact. They're they're, they're still adhering by the Prime Directive, so so they're doing a follow up. And Kirk takes Chekhov with him, and uh, they get into a little bit of trouble because the planet, in some ways, seems to have evolved in ways that Kirk wasn't really expecting it to based on when he was last there. And, and it's kind of a police state in some cases. And uh, they have weapons that they really shouldn't have had at at, at this point in their uh, evolution, we'll say. And because the people, because the government is kind of uh, a bit oppressive, there's a band of rebellions out and about, and, and so they're fighting... The authority, uh, Kirk and Chekhov get caught up in this and end up, um, getting arrested with the rest of the the rebels. And because they're Kirk has to get rid of the communicator, and now, of course, people the enterprise is worried that you know something happened to the captain. So then Spock and McCoy beam down to see if well, what's going on. Um, so everything works out for our heroes by the end of the first miniseries we then take place uh 100 years later where now the uh the planet the citizens of the planet are uh celebrating recognizing their freedom and uh they want when they found out that the enterprise or a ship called the enterprise still uh is in service they you know the the planet delegates really want to see the enterprise there and 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 the crew from the Enterprise uh, to join in on this celebration and I love the the Next Generation story because they actually bring back um, Admiral McCoy who was in the first episode, who was in the pilot of of The Next Generation uh, because he was the only available living original crew member uh, to really make this event special Um, and this was one. This is one of those cases where you know, if you're reading a comic book and people are in the shadows, you really don't know uh, if it's a man or a woman speaking. You don't know who it may be doing talking if you can't pick up little clues on how they're speaking. And uh, by the end of the first issue of the Next Generation miniseries portion of it, uh, we find out that Spock does make his way to the Enterprise. So, so two of the four from the original Enterprise are uh, are also able to enjoy take part in the in the festival. But uh we find out how in the next generation story we find out how uh the uh the the Empire we'll call them uh got those weapons and who gave them those weapons and and why those weapons were offered. Uh and 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 not not necessarily a mystery but but things are starting to come together both both stories both miniseries really do i mean you could be a a original series fan not care for the next generation uh and just read the star trek portion and and be fine with it um you might be a little lost if you read the next generation story without reading the original series but they they do really work well together and what's neat about this is that pablo marcos drew the entire thing through all eight issues um and it looks great. There are sometimes some moments where he really, really focused and got the, uh, the, the likeness is just perfect. I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd, I'd have to do some research. I have a feeling. Well, I I'd like to think based on the way he draws some of the characters in the book, especially Scotty and a couple of other background characters here and there. I wonder if um Pablo, uh, considers Gil Kane an influence because there's a, there are some faces here that look an awful lot like, uh, like Gil Kane characters and that's obviously not a bad thing but it just but obviously Gil's line is a lot thicker than Pablo's um, but it still kind of gave me that feeling what's also neat is that at the time the Star Trek portion was written by Michael Jan Friedman the next generation was written by Peter David and that was reversed because Peter David was writing the main Star Trek book with the original series characters uh, and Friedman was writing the next generation comics for for d c um, so they got to flip flop that but it was it it, it was really it it really just, it took me back. Like I said, I remember reading it when it was coming out. I enjoyed the miniseries at the time. Um, this wasn't a case where I, I, it, there are some time. there's some things where knowing how the characters from the next generation evolve over the seven seasons. Um, some things didn't really gel or mesh, but, you know, based on what they were going, they had to work with at the time. It all, um, it all worked out and uh, and made sense. There's an introduction in this volume uh, by Walter Koenig, who s- writes some things that uh, are very similar to an interview that I read with William Shatner when um, The Next Generation had started, uh, where both men were kind of um, poo-pooing the, the spinoff, the continuation of, of the franchise and, um, Keating, by the end of the uh, introduction, you know, admits that, you know, it was, it was a immature thought and, and, and silly to think. And, you know, you're not, you know, I mean, the dude was Chekhov. You're not bigger than the franchise as important as you may be to it, but there's, um, there's, I, I'd, I'd be curious to, uh, yeah, he kind of walked things back by the end of it. I'd be curious to know if, if how Shatner felt after, that interview I read in
0: Starlock, but um, I was going to say I think the only one that's bigger than the franchise would be Shatner. Not not even Nimoy could could claim that, but Shatner, maybe maybe bigger than the the. Oh, well, in his Trek mind, though. absolutely. Oh, but that's I, what I mean. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Tech War, I
0: mean, man, I, come on. Series yeah. of of uh, award winning novels.
3: <laughs> Tech War, you have. Um, so so and 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 the original the miniseries the original covers were by um adam hughes and carl story i I vividly remember the covers they were great
0: um atypical too
3: for adam
0: Adam warren yeah no hughes or adam that's what i meant adam hughes because there's Uh, they're not super sexy
3: no they're not i mean i mean the what's great is you know you get the cover with yuhura um but she of course is uh is just kind of Hanging back there, uh, she is front and center, um, but it's not like she really has a huge role in the uh, in the series overall. She never leaves the um, she never leaves the ship actually. But um, smart. No, it was a uh, it was it it was a lot of fun, man. It it looks fantastic still. Um, I uh, because and 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 obviously they did their homework. The writers did their homework because um, when. Spock does show up in the second half of the story he um he's referencing um what Picard- t- what Picard did for sarek uh in in a um when sarek was afflicted with a um well he he was getting older and and losing control of keeping his emotions in check and uh he had a um he was he was meeting he he had a delegation to attend and so picard was kind of the sponge holding on to those emotions so sarah could could maintain and uh and, and 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 spock references that and it's great and but but i mean it, it really i i caught myself smiling when i'm seeing um when i got to the pages where spock shows up The older spock shows up and and here's mccoy older than dirt and and they're i mean that they're right back as if they were and peter david really does know how to write these two guys but damn right he does he really does and and it's just it's it was just i it was really just as if i could actually see that live action playing out the way it was um on the page I, i i think marcos did a fantastic job on the art um I'm not real thrilled with the cover of this particular trade. Um but I do get a kick out of uh the older um DC trades before everything was collected into a uh or written to, to be collected later on. But this was this was um this was released in uh it's a nineteen ninety two trade and uh and yeah and, and the miniseries came out. I thought for I, this is part of the whole um mandela effect we were talking about uh i i thought the the miniseries were bi and um you know one week you had the star trek issue and then before the second issue came out you got the first issue of the next generation and but that's not how it is at all doing everything i'm reading online the the two minis started in um in july and uh and the first the, the star trek series finished in september and the uh the next generation in october so i guess they weren't bi-weekly but um it, it was i it like i said it, it just it took me back it i i figured it was going to make me smile i didn't think i would um i mean there are obviously a lot of comics we could go back and and reread that we read when we were younger and they don't hold up they're either poorly written or the 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 artist not as cool as we thought it was back then but this was um, this this hit the sweet spot. It it really was a uh, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't the only trade in the box. There are a couple that uh, there's one that collects a lot of the Mirror Universe stuff that DC published, and um, and a Best of Trek, which are all stories I've read, including the annuals that that were a lot of fun back then. But um, yeah, this 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 really just kind of I, I I read it over the weekend, and it uh, just smiling ear to ear throughout the
0: whole thing. Yep yeah a couple points before we move on yes i I met friedman no shit yeah really nice guy there there was a, a local star trek convention it was the same time i met delancey right oh yeah no friedman was was very cordial very nice i mean in convention mode right whatever but uh the takeaway from the convention you'll you'll giggle but the the local president of the the Star Trek chapter of Scranton, whatever, the fan club chapter. <laughs> he he presented Delancey with this framed... Uh, what he did was he got the patch that they had created for the local chapter of Star Trek fans or whatever. Um, this is maybe second year, next generation. So, you know, not too far into it. And um, he took Grandma's picture out of this 8x10
2: frame
0: <laughs> and he, he got a piece of cardboard and, and glued the patch onto it askew and he fucked it up cuz there was there was fingerprints all over it and <laughs> he hands it to Delancey and Delancey's like uh, uh thank you <laughs> 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 um and two, Pablo Marcos is still alive
2: yeah
0: and, and yeah. doing commissions yeah yeah um, I I yeah his uh um he he's he does a lot of Vampirella commissions yeah. and and red sonia and the thing, the takeaway for—I love Pablo Marcos's work, always have. Um, but the takeaway from his newer commissions is he pinches the waist on these ladies. Remember when? Um, uh, not remember, but whenever you see that—that that in the zone, Betty Page, and she would suck her stomach in. Yeah. You know, th- that to me looks like a Pablo Marcos woman where they always seem to be like trying to hide the fact that maybe they got a little bit of meat on the bones, but that's okay, right? But no, there's a photographer there, so I got to suck my stomach in. Uh I mean, he draws great women, and great everything. His barbarians are wonderful. But um yeah, I like Pablo Marcus Marcus's work a, a lot, and it's yeah. great to see the guy still thriving. He's got to be at least I'm guessing 80 right he's up there oh, he's got to be yeah yeah he's 84 yeah cuz i was a kid and savage Sword of conan Pablo marcos like or whatever the the uh the stuff he did for dc the, he lit my world on fire way back in the day and i'm just one of those guys that you never stop following and he just seemed to pop up in in weird and um it's just strange circumstances like got a book that you would never picture him doing but boom pablo marcos okay i'll buy it yeah,
2: yeah.
1: it's so funny you point out that uh sucking in your gut uh shaped women uh, because that is truly his his whole his whole thing like that's what he i mean he, there's yeah. more than that but he definitely every anytime he draws a lady they're like beyond coke bottle shape like yeah that. yeah they look like they have a, a handle in the middle of them, so you could pick them up if you needed to. Sure. And the
0: th- the thing, the attribute that I would apply to Pablo Marcos from an early age was he was the guy that pinched everybody's noses. It seems mm-hmm. like Marcos's um, the way he would render the nose was very streamlined, very thin. Um, a lot of times he would do the ant's eye view, so you'd get the you know the the, the bottom up view, and there would be the nostrils, and it would just be like a, a pinched. Uh, nose type situation that was the attribute I applied to him now obviously Pablo's, Pablo Marcos is a lot more than that but you latch on to things when yeah. you know like Gil Kane he mentioned, uh, David mentioned Gil Kane he was always the finger guy to me because he <laughs> would always like you would see every digit with every um, the bones so expertly delineated in the in the hand and he wasn't just you know content to draw a standard hand he would make sure every part of that finger was bent in a certain way and it was just like oh Gil Kane's the hand guy obviously more than that but it, it I love to go back and think about the the things the the, the traits I attributed to artists when I didn't really know so Perez any better
3: was the up the nose guy
0: oh no Perez was the hair guy for me well
3: yes I mean he drew every strand but there was at least one there was a panel in every comic where you'd get a worms eye view looking up at someone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because um Basima was the uh Big John was the the hip guy. His women had amazing hips. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I remember a uh, Tuma Dracula uh magazine that he did where um this, this girl just disrobed herself in front of Dracula and the hip was unbelievable. And I couldn't put words to it back then because I was preteen, right? But uh, Big John did some stuff to me, right? I, I, I would <laughs> yeah. love to thank him when I journey over to the other side. But Kirby was always the, the, the god. Like I just loved everything about Kirby. So he was, I I couldn't apply one thing to Jack. It was just a, a, you know, there was a basket of things that Jack did that made me, uh, Gene was always the shadow guy, Mm -hmm. right? And I I I enjoy reliving those days in in very narrow window perception of, of what these guys brought to the table. Steve Ditko was the goofy anatomy guy. True. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But whatever, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. But yeah, I I love to go just just try and relive those those early days and take my mind now and transplant it into the mind of you know, little Vince B. And there there were things that lit my world on fire that I was just like the like the Marvel ads for the 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 black and white magazines. For some reason, Those just like it was like I was hooked to electroshock therapy. Like they just riveted me when I saw the Barry Windsor Smith ad for Savage Sword. Like I had to have that book. I would kill to get that book. And and now there's really nothing comparable to that. There's no ads in books, right? I mean, if there are, they're easy to ignore. Yeah. But but a uh, uh, you know a, a landscape ad with Barry Windsor Smith Conan like how do you ignore that as a kid it's you have me you, I yeah, yeah. you own me right now the the the, the, the go ahead Tom. Uh, we talked
1: before about how like we are of slightly different generations like we're all, we're close to the same age but just like our frame of reference is different but I remember seeing the ad for Gen X that became gen 13 <laughs> and just being like because the first ad was just said like gen x and it had like a it was, i think it was a jim lee drawing a fairchild but she was like in this military like yeah. tech it up you know and then the next time you see it it's a j scott campbell but he was like jeffrey scott oh yeah and then it was almost like a, a days of future past type cover where it's like a it was like a picture of a shock trooper standing in front of a wanted poster for gen x and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Of course, I love Wildcats, the greatest comic ever, but what's this <laughs> new, cooler-looking comic that's coming along? I, like, it, and then it was delayed, and it was going to be in Death Made Black, and then Death Made Black was delayed. Like, I, it was just a lot of anticipation for that thing, in, a, in the same way that you're talking about. Yeah. Harry Potter Smith, J. Scott Campbell, same, same. Yeah, well, I'm around
0: sure. that period of time, I used to base my decisions on whether you were legit or not, on the fact that your character was on a pog, Oh, snap. (laughs) No, seriously. If you were on a pog, I'd be like, fuck that. I ain't reading that book. But I had to alter my perceptions when there were spawn pogs. And Savage Dragon, I'm like, okay, I guess the pog thing is not going to go away. (laughs) If you're on a pog, I guess it's okay. You guys are just making money. You know, go beat you. But then, yeah, pogs were the deciding factor. Like, I can't read that. They're on a pog. That's adorable. Yeah, it's not. It's silly. Uh,
3: The... (laughs) <laughs> the um ads today, they're either all house ads.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: there are times where if it's a Snickers ad or something, it's it's drawn and it can be confusing depending on the main story in the comic, if it looks similar. But uh one of my favorite old Marvel ads are um Dussink Power Man and Iron Fist, where one month you had Oh yeah. Uh, you yep. had Luke you you had you had Dan you had Iron Fist whispering. Yep. End up into the face whispering to the reader saying you know go ahead pick up our book you don't want to get luke angry and then the next month there's luke all mad pointing at the reader talking about the sucker. better buy my book oh my god yeah
0: that that was pretty masterful um in an era where the ads weren't all that great those two those ads stand out as being like the exception to the rule i think yeah those are just awesome ads
3: while um and 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 to clarify just so that i'm I don't, uh, I I clean up my mess. The, um, by the time the Modal Imperative was published, the second volume following the Next Generation miniseries had already begun. So, um, which makes sense since the two writers I remember flip flopping. It'd, It'd be hard for Friedman to be writing the first half if he's presently in between assignments or not writing the the next generation book so it was this this happened after they came out with the second volume and 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 a handful of issues because i think they they came out i think the second volume of the next generation ongoing well the 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 ongoing which is the second volume because the first was the limited series uh started in like 89 or so so it started shortly Mm -hmm. after the series the tv series started but it, it it and this came out in 91 the miniseries so yeah but um
0: I just want to get my dates right. Did Paramount suddenly discover what they have with Star Trek? Because it seems like I I, I don't know I I was reading something where it's like, "Oh, the future is really bright for Star Trek fans because we got season what is it, 4 of Discovery coming." 4 of Discovery. And, and then there's two of there's Picard. well, we'll just
3: ignore that. But no, th- we I mean, won't. no, w- no, you know why we won't? Why? Because Q is in it. Okay uh seven of nine is seems to be playing possibly a bigger part than she did in the first season
0: but I'll watch i watch anything with her in it i like I jerry know.
3: and 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 i don't know if she's waking up from a dream or something happened but when she wakes up we see her whole face and it's without any of the borg implants
0: oh nice nice uh so yeah and
3: and lower decks had its second season uh, uh and and prodigy is
0: yes that's the released. one yeah. yeah that
3: that 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 looks fantastic what yeah. we've seen so far so yeah i th- i know that um
0: can i get you to uh, just admit that uh the first season of picard wasn't all that
3: i think it the ending's it, horrible i i mean yes it's it's I mean, there are instances where, listen, it's it's still Star Trek. It's like New York Pizza. It, it, it okay, I'll pizza. give you that. It's it wasn't. It's, so yeah, yeah it, it's. But it's. Um, was I? I wasn't disappointed. Did I know? Did, would I have liked it to end, or 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 them to come up with a different resolution? Yes. They 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 kind of worked themselves into. But I mean, I don't know if they would just figured. Listen, if if we're going to send this man off. Let's do it this way, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we're going to do a second season, so we got to fix it." That's just the, the thing. I, if
0: Picard died yeah. in this, it would be the greatest freaking thing ever.
3: I agree, but I, I, I think agree. I
0: think they were like, "Oh, geez, what did we do?" Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we, no, we can't, but, but I, the scenes in the Borg ship were great. Like yes. there, there were there were uh, just the cinematography of the thing I thought was really on point. But but I the think- whole uh with with the 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 artificial uh humans and that whole part of it was just oh yeah. was so weak. i mean i i i was i i couldn't sit
3: still when when they went to visit riker and troy same and, and, same. and i you know and i'm sitting there and the, all the scenes where we're talking about why picard left the federation and, yep. and everything that was like i would i would have loved to have devoted some time to that i thought you know the whole idea with checking on the Borg and bringing fucking Hugh of all characters back. Yep. That was
0: cool. Yeah, was, I but, totally agree. I just thought the ending was a cop-out.
3: Yeah, no, I, 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 I will agree with you. Yeah, all right,
0: we're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was great. I I, I'm going to have to look for these in the back issue bins because it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm yeah, not above reading kind of Star Trek right. stuff. I love Star Trek. Um, I,
3: and, and I mean, I and mean he also also in the um in the box with the first four four volumes. It's weird because the first three <laughs> are Star Trek: The Enterprise Logs. The fourth volume, reprinting oh, have... the Gold Key books, oh. is just labeled Star Trek. So what? And these trades are, 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 are retail for dollar ninety five. <sighs> this this coll- the first volume collects issues one through eight. Second volume, 9 through 17, uh, 18 through 26 in the third volume, and 27 through 35 in volume 4. I don't know how many volumes there are in total, though.
0: The very first fanzine I ever bought, I was um, in Poughkeepsie, staying over at my, my friend <laughs> my friend Joe's uh, brother's, no, sister in-laws whatever whatever the case i was in poughkeepsie i was i think it was maybe 11 and we were at a mall and this bookstore i don't know what it was but they had fanzines in this bookstore and they had a star trek fanzine and my head exploded this is before starlog pre-starlog right and and it was a dollar and my, you know, to go on the trip, my mother gave me a five dollar bill in case you go anywhere. Here's some money, right? And I could not run to the register fast enough. And he, I, I said, "Oh my god!" Was, like, and it was a, really not a great zine. It was just black and white images of you know, the, the you know, the Klingon and, and the Romulan bird of prey and all like ships and stuff. It was a poorly made fanzine, but it was something that i had never seen before like somebody made this thing the 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 title of the magazine was hand drawn it was like oh what is like it just blew my world to smithereens and i and i bought it couldn't read it fast enough my friend's like you're such a geek i was like damn right i am <laughs> but anyway uh, uh even the the kelvin movies the kelvin verse stuff i'll punch you in the throat if you don't appreciate the oh the yeah. I mean, the, the, the goodness in those movies it's so much fun. It's not I, I, right. I
3: I, 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 mean, Beyond is great, but um, I even you know, listen, Beyond I, is great, I,
0: but not.
2: Mm,
0: I don't think it's as good. Beyond is the third one, right? Yeah. I like it, but I don't think it's as good as the first two. The first and one I is know, perfect.
3: The first one is fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely adore the first one, uh, and 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 the second one. I know people love to shit on the whole flip flop from Oh it's good episode two Star Trek two and I, I, I get it. I you know Fuck them. And I, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I I will watch I'll watch any of them anytime and I just I I love how they and I, I overuse that word and I'm not using it lightly here, but I, I, I love that they decided that listen, we're going to reboot this franchise but they did it in a way where it didn't it didn't pretend whatever yeah. your granddad used to watch didn't yep. exist. They, Super they, smart. They, they 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 just bridged it and yep. it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I totally I, agree. And the fact that people looked a little different and acted a little different was yeah, because we were in a different place. And it just it it so worked. And and I know you, that
0: How could you they, not like Kirk,
3: his father's fucking Thor? I know. I know. <laughs> what? And I really I really do hope that we get the the um I know it's 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 up in the air at times and, and whether or not money's involved and, and who's doing the story, but I, I hope that fourth movie does come out where yeah, Kurt does too. get to meet his dad. Me too. And it, it's just I, I know there's listen, Paramount Plus is a real thing and, and, and they're trying to make their content. So they're going to throw out a bunch of things and, and put fill it with whatever they can and if they have if they have a franchise that they can, you yeah. know, dive into and and not necessarily um, pillage it or 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 just rape its corpse. But if if they can come up with new things like Lower Decks, like Prodigy, like things like that, then I'm all for. Or you're not. I mean, yes, Picard is going to have its fans because of people who watch the Next Generation. But if they can come up with things like Prodigy and make people interested in new Star Trek type stuff, uh, I'm I'm all for it. So yeah. there's there's the whole. There's CBS doing their thing with the TV stuff, and then there's Paramount deciding what to do with the movies. And And I know that, you know, because when, when Discovery started, a lot of people, even though, even though Viacom, even though CBS, even though the writers were like, no, this is based on the original series that was on TV in the 60s, everybody swore because of the way it looked that it has to be the early days of the kelvin universe and that's not it and, and, it, and it isn't i don't yes things finally showed up where where people could say oh, okay yeah you guys were right and and it really is the original series stuff but it's it, it they're separate they're, they have to be separate properties because you have the movie division with, with with paramount and and viacom's got the television stuff with cbs so they have to kind of be separate. That's why the people from the movies aren't going to show up on the TV stuff. It's 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 like DCBS and Stock Trades. Like, yeah, we're separate people, but yeah, but I see the little logo on the website. You guys are the same thing.
0: See, Tony, I can get him talking. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what you got?
1: Um, I don't have much, but it is uh, a star. Like I said, I've been very busy, so I've read a little bit, um, and this is going to be a short one because You know, it was fine. Uh, But I read the second collection of the uh, Charles Soule, Giuseppe Camoncoli run of Darth Vader. I read the first one probably about a year ago. uh, And I got the second one that wraps up their run. Um, And I've talked about Darth Vader on here before. Uh, If I'm going to rank Darth Vader series for you, uh, this one is the third of three. So uh, for me, the Greg Pak one I think is my favorite Darth Vader series. Now, nah, and the the Kieran Gillen one I put at a close number two. If we count Doctor Afra in that too, it goes up to number one. Um, and then this one number three because it's it's fine. Um, I think the thing that I like about Star Wars is the characters, and and other people like the things that are in Star Wars. So like. Whereas, like, I get psyched about the character of Darth Vader. uh, I know that there are people, and I think people in editorial and people in, like, what should we make these runs about? You know, going, like, well, we want to focus on Darth Vader's castle or his, you know, what ship is he flying and stuff like that. Um, And in this one, they do focus a lot on, like, what ship he's flying and, and his castle that he has on Mustafar. And, they like, they do a lot of personal stuff, too uh, in so much as like why he chooses to go to Mustafar and like, he goes on this really cool, I like the, for me, the standout part of this book is when they're building his castle on Mustafar, which, uh, the, you guys just talked about Star Trek for a long time. And I feel like Star <laughs> Trek has built into the fabric of its thing. Um, That it's about, like, the minutiae and the details of things and the nitty-gritty and stuff. And I like that in Star Trek, and I hate it in Star Wars. So, in this, like, the Emperor sends him to Mustafar, and he's going to build this castle, and he sends an architect with him to design Darth Vader's castle. And fuck me, who cares? Come on. So they like they're talking about this this architect and the course of the art eventually Darth Vader kills the first architect and then he gets this other designer who's like crazy, you know, like a wayward Jedi or Sith lord or something that's like the spirit that's trapped in the helmet, and then that guy did, did, is the one that designs the castle that we end up with, and it's built on this force sensitive spot that's like got these runes and stuff. but like I said, the standout part of the book is while well, all this is going on. Darth Vader goes on, like, this vision quest into this Force rune thing. Um, and they did a lot of stuff like this sort of in, uh, in Rebels, where Ezra Bridger was, like, learning about the Force, and he would go into, like, Jedi temples or, like, commune with holocrons and stuff and sort of have these visions and sort of, like, a, a lot of the more spiritual Forcey stuff, which they, they sort of glaze over in the movies, which I, I feel is, is probably smart. If you want to learn about that stuff, this is the place to find it in the extended stuff. Um, But he has this cool, uh, I mean, it's a flashback, it's a flash forward. It's sort of just like a a trippy dream thing where he sees all these moments from his life and before he was born. And they controversially, I hope, I would hope it was controversial, uh, have the Emperor, like... (laughs) The flashback to the emperor, like fiddling with Shmi Skywalker's pregnant uh, body, like he's like I don't know if he's like willing Darth Vader into there, you know, mm. willing Anakin into there because you know he's a virgin birth. Yeah, I don't like that just because it centers no. the whole story on the emperor. Then you know, yeah. like yeah, I don't need the whole thing to be about Palpatine. Like, who cares yeah. about that shit? Um, but uh, like I said, it's a it's. If you like Darth Vader, this after you read the, all the other Darth Vader books, you should read this one. It's got a bunch of Inquisitor stuff in here, too. Um, and it's got uh, Admiral Ackbar's in here in the beginning, and it sort of sets up how he and General Radis join the rebellion, you know? Like, they're on Mon Cala, and then it's about, like, what happens there. The em- the Empire sort of, like, turning on Mon Cala, and we saw bits of the... the Republic and Mon Cala's uh, relationship in Clone Wars and and this is them sort of like how it ends up. And it's sort of like if you guys watch Bad Batch um, we saw like what the end of the um, the Cloners and the Empire's relationship was like. This is sort of like that for Mon Cala. Where the Mon Calamari live, the funniest name outside of Elephant Mon uh, in all of Star Wars like they just didn't they were just like, "Ah, who's ever gonna use this again? And then now I'm just reading a comic book as a forty two year old guy going like, "Ah, yes, the Mon calamari, you know, like come on <laughs> but these squid people
0: so
2: <laughs> wait
1: them.
0: this is a a marvel book,
1: yeah, this is yeah. so there have been three Darth Vader series. the first one was Karen Gillen, the second one is this one, uh Charles Soule. and then the third one, the current one is Greg Pack, and that's the pack one's the one I like the best,
0: yeah, because i d w has a a uh, multi-part Darth Vader thing called Darth Vader's Castle.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but that's more all ages.
0: Oh okay.
1: Yeah, they had Francesco Francavia covers. Yeah,
0: and,
2: yeah. It,
1: it was like anthology stories where they would have like short horror stories about different uh, like horror stories in, in Star, Wars. The Star Wars
3: version of Treehouse of, of, of Horror.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Oh, oh, nice, nice, nice. No, this sounds fun. Um we read the first issue of the of the pack
1: issue uh, series,
0: man. Right? Yeah, we did. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I
1: like quite a bit. I'm a little bit behind because they're in a big crossover, and that that is how you lose me. But and
3: I was yeah, I mean they did that yeah. with the first series too, with the whole Vader down stuff. And I mean it was there's I've I've what I've read of the Star Wars stuff from Marvel, um, I, I've enjoyed. I've heard very little of the Doctor Afro main series when that was coming out, um. I liked Aaron's take on, on that universe bridging the movies, but, um, yeah, the the, the cast art worked in some spots, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad that um, and I know that they have the, um, the Republic series. They're they're really, I like that they're. They can play around with it more than they did when they had the license, back in the '80s, where they were just kind of winging it bringing in jacks and things like that oh but that
0: stuff's good too come on i love it no yeah
3: no i mean tween me loves that shit
0: yeah but i you know
3: more to play around with now right Right. right right
0: um i think trek is more human than star wars yeah uh star wars is fun uh exotic locales aliens you know but um, I, I think for me, Star Trek is more grounded in in in. Uh, there's more emotion to me in Trek. There's more humanity for me. Yeah, uh, it's I'm not you know it's it's apples and oranges, right? Yes, but yeah, but I I love both of them.
2: Same.
0: But you know, if Phantom Menace is on, I ain't watching that shit again.
3: <laughs> the thing with Star Wars is more mystical and mythical. Whereas Star Trek is, as silly as it sounds, it's kind of more grounded in reality. It's right. it, you're, you're it's it's hopeful. It's it's you're where right. you want to be. It's where you hope humanity ends up. And it's we're all it's it's inclusive, whereas, you know, it. We're all trying to get along in Star Trek and and, and they're exploring and, and inviting people to join the party. Whereas, you know, you're thrown into Star Wars with this fight between good and evil and, and us versus them. And and listen, and that's and it that makes for great storytelling. And, sure. and you know, it, it made us fans for life. And I'm not going to say a bad thing about it. But, yeah, they are. You can you can absolutely care about both. And, and, and they're not to the say that there's no us versus them with with this for me but it is it's they they are completely different and yeah they both take place in space but one's a long time ago in galaxy far away and the other is what we hope to be in in another couple hundred years
0: that's what i was going to say if if the hopeful me could could project a possible future for humanity i would much rather it be star trek than star wars Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I always thought of it like Star Trek is the is the the brain and the mind, and Star Wars is the heart. Like just as far as like uh, what seemed more important to the thing, like like Star Wars was like an abstract painting, and Star Trek was like a, I said track, <laughs> like an idiot.
2: <laughs> Star right. Trek
1: was like was like a detailed illustration, you know. Like they 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 made sure that everything was lined up and had some sort of logic to it, and Star Wars is just like ah the force.
0: Yeah, I think for me, um, I don't like maybe it, it's it's unfair, but to, just to sum up each series, for me, um, Star Wars is that scene when Han says, "I know," mm-hmm. and Star Trek is, "I am," and will always be your friend. Sure, yeah. And, like, those are the two things that define both of those, uh, you know, series for, for just for me, where the Star Wars is this cocksure, I'm going to front and hide behind my feelings and, and you know, the bravado and the, the freebooter and the, you know, the rebel. But Star Trek is, yeah, I'm your friend and I always will be your damn friend. Like, you should have known that where, you know, it's just one's more emotion-based and one's more um, a shield in front of the real feelings behind it. More cynical, you're saying? Yeah, and not not so much cynical, but just more posturing, more more, um, set piece, more bravado where Star Trek, yeah, there's set pieces in Star Trek, but Star Trek to me is based on the original three. Kirk spock and mccoy like the, mm-hmm. i'm i'm your buddy uh I, you don't have to even say anything i'm your friend i know you and and here we are right well, i think
1: that's like that same sort of thing is in uh star wars you know but like, it's not explicit it's, though was always that bad huh you know like the, yeah they don't say you are my friend and you always will be my friend like but <laughs> like like i feel like you get the 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 love that those characters have for each other by the third movie sure and,
0: Oh, I get it. It's just—it's just not at the forefront. At the forefront is the at at walking across the surface of Hoth, blasting poor fuckers. You know what I mean? Like, I
1: mean, don't discount these poor people just because they had great special effects. True.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that just was what looked awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh Say, my gosh. Uh one hundred
1: and sixty-nine ninety-nine for all four Tomb of Dracula essentials. If I have no Tomb of Dracula.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? They, they're they going to reprint the Omnibus.
1: Yeah, but I hate the recolors.
2: Mm.
0: I, this is... Instance, I have to yeah, agree.
3: Colony, I would
0: yeah, them. I have yeah. to agree. The recolors are pretty shitty. But um, let me see if I have the Essentials uh, on my shelf. I'll just send you them. Because I, ha-
2: oh, yeah, I wow. have... Yeah, I have
0: the Omnibus editions. But I know I have either two or three yeah, yeah. of the Essentials.
1: If you don't, I'll, I'll click on this. There's one for 110 no, you, but like the binding's
0: broken. And- no, you seriously don't want to pay that much for an essential. Oh, I've done it before. I know you're throwing money around like Hugh Hefner, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Whatever. We had a good year.
0: I'm serious. Yeah, and congratulations on the uh, OA. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was great.
3: Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, seriously.
0: Good for you, Felix. Felix, through. Felix comes through all the time. Yeah. That's his superpower.
3: Not to um derail us even further and,
0: and, and go down
3: a different rabbit hole, but um I don't know if you've you may have watched this, Vince. Uh I don't know if you watched it when it was coming out, but um I've been ending my nights watching episodes of um Blake Seven. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. And I I so enjoy the story. Avon's an ap- Avon's my favorite character and I I, I I I'm enjoying the series a lot. Yeah but holy shit the special effects and 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 just the way <laughs> i mean it, it 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 moved the story along it worked but i was just like i'm like what year is this and what's yeah. funny is we have a co-worker she works in um she works in the same building renee works in and and she, she she's a brit she's an expat and she um she knows i watch doctor who and i guess she and renee were talking about things that i was watching and and bricella made the comment the offhanded comment that yeah they, they, david likes those children's shows and when i oh. showed day some of the blake seven and she's just looking at it and she's like what the fuck is this and then she's like that's that now i understand what bricella meant when she said that you enjoy the children's shows i was just like but it is i mean it's true it yes it's a little violent and and it, it it's adult in spots where with, with, with some of the subject matter but it is it it comes off like you know You've seen better special effects in in *Sigmund the Sea Monster* or, or, or *HR Puffin*. I
0: I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, suspension of disbelief for oh, how yeah. right yeah. for how bad in comparison the original Doctor Who series yes. special effects are to sure. what we have today. You know what? If you just can't surrender to it and just enjoy for what it is. Uh, i don't know like like jason always poops on doctor who mm-hmm. and my, so my favorite doctor who is the, the original stuff especially the pertwee series and the special effects in that were not good no. <laughs> but that and, and didn't hamper me from enjoying exactly. the
3: fuck out of it exactly yeah and, and, and if and and if it ties it back that's that's the whole idea that that's why I didn't get why people were saying that just because of the special effects or the way the bridge looks or because of the shiny lights yeah. and all the bells and whistles that that what's happening in Discovery means that it's not the original series. It's like, yeah, but just why would they make it look like like we did that when Deep Space Nine went back in time and they were on the the station during the trouble with Tribbles? It 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 looked it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of that episode, but it did look kind of weird to see yeah. modern-day Deep Space Nine characters wearing the primary colors, surrounded in the in the plain, drab-looking corridors of the original series sets. But it was still cool, though. Oh, I hundred percent. Yeah, it's one of my favorite episodes,
0: hands I, down. It, it, it's, a, it's another one of those things where where you're. Um... When you consume art, if you put yourself at the forefront, you're at a detriment. You when when the ego is that far into the 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 I don't even know what I want to say, but like let it just take a back seat for once. And I'm not an apologist, right? I'm not trying to 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 you know band aid the flaws of the thing, such as they are, if you perceive their flaws to be. But, like, just why can't you just let go? Just surrender to this stuff. It's really good. Like, you know, Blake 7, yeah, and, like, UFO. When I was a kid and I saw that ship come out of the water in UFO, I was like, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And now you look at it and it's like, okay, well, (laughs) you know, you see the, the quote, you know, see the man behind the curtain. So what? You just got just enjoy this stuff. Like, stop judging. What the frig? All right, it's my turn. Yes. I have another black caravan book. And again, this is published by Scout. Written uh, with color art by Rich Woodall. And it's illustrated by Mark Welser. It's called Gods of Brutality. Number one. And it's kind of the same setup as Cherry Blackbird. It's another one of those, th- there's a soul condemned to hell, and they make a desperate deal. Uh, b- but in this case, it- it's not with the devil. Uh, in this case, there's a, uh, a rock star named Nick Dylan, and he's a front man for a metal band called Gods of Brutality. If you think aging Glenn Danzig uh, with the kitty litter, you're not gonna be too far from the mark right uh nick was in a terrible accident and he lost his life and he arrives in hell and is beset by hell's infernal legions they string him up and he's about to be consumed and probably violated by a not so sharp but unfussy demon named uh care nots the indifferent (laughs) Uh, so Nick makes a last-ditch effort to appeal to any god that's going to listen. He's praying to Judah, or sorry, Jesus and Buddha, uh, the Hindu gods, Zeus and Odin. He's like, oh, please, I'll do anything. Just get me out of this thing. Uh, to his great surprise, his pleas are answered, but not by the obvious. Um, shit's hitting the fan in the realm of the gods. The sons of two of the deities just can't seem to get along they're they're flinging insults and fists at at each other in equal measure. Daddy gods are at their wits end like what do we do with these fucking kids they're always fighting they're 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 destroying and massive amounts of destruction. How do we deal with these boys and Hermes shows up and he has a message and he, he's like. Guys, there's there's a man currently trapped in the underworld that swears on his life that he will forever sing songs in your honor should you deign to come to his rescue. Uh, and so it's been some time since the old boys had songs sung in their name. So they decide to save poor Nick. But they're not going to do it. See, they're going to send their sons because it would be a great learning experience for the boys. Maybe if we send them on this quest, babysit this aging rock star. Maybe they can coexist. They're great at killing things. But who knows? You know, the, the, this little assignment could probably maybe bring them together. And, and the names of their sons, as you probably can already guess, are Thor and Hercules. And a story's born. Thor and Hercules have to go into hell and and defend Nick Dylan, this aging rock star, against the, the legions of of hell. That's the first issue. It is amazing. Um, both Woodall and Welser have had stuff in the pages of Savage Dragon, the back pages, uh, especially in Welser's case, the influence of Eric Larson cannot be overstated if i told you this was an eric larson book you may look twice but um from the midpoint of the book on you'd be like all right i kind of see it It, it, it's not fully blown eric larson but it's the same spirit it's the same kirby-esque um power-fueled Uh, sequentials, it's close, right? It seems like Welser could have been created from Eric Larson's rib. Right? The styles and the approach are very, very similar. Um, But the reason why I said I have a lot of books uh, this time that that talk about dicks, (laughs) it it seems like the, the, the legions of hell are... They're focused on meat and two veg like they have a, an unnatural <laughs> preoccupation with with male genitalia because um one of the demons once thor and hercules and this is full-blown thor like the the hammers referred to as mjolnir um and they're not cut from the marvel versions of thor and hercules they're more the mythological versions of thor and hercules and um they're when they're not throwing insults at each other so they're in hell trying to get nick and this one demon walks up to thor and he says i'm gonna make you my dick puppet (laughs) and and so hercules you know convinces him of the error of his ways but then there's another demon that says i will rip off your balls and drink your future children and Thor says, why are all of these demons so obsessed with dick and balls? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, the, this book is a legit riot. I, because, you know, humor, as Jason is, is so frequently willing to admit, is very, very hard to pull off to me and him, obviously, in comics. Like, again, humor is very, very subjective. It's rarefied air. It's tough to make somebody laugh. And, but this book... I don't know, I, I was um, I'm not going to say I was in stitches, but I, I honestly laughed out loud when he says, "I'm going to make you a dick puppet." like <laughs> I, I, I did what I just did. I laughed out loud. Uh, Zeus and Hercules or Zeus and, and Odin are, again, not cut from the Marvel versions, but you got to feel for these guys because their sons are such assholes um, that you know all, they, they just want to throw punches at each other. And as a parent, I understand the frustration behind trying to set your children on the right path and your children doing everything in their power to not take your advice in any situation. Mm. And, uh, so now these, these, these two gods have uh, no recourse. They have to rescue this, this aging rock star. And then when they're in hell, they're fighting and, um, Nick, he, he performs pretty ab- admirably like he kills his his fair share of demons and and uh, the boys are like huh maybe you're not an asshole maybe there's maybe there's you know you're human but maybe there's something to you so it it, it ends on an optimistic note but their shit is still in the frying pan like they're still in hell and they have to get them, themselves out of it but uh it's one of those the 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 uh, setup for the book uh is after the fact like nick is out of hell so we're being shown that he's okay but he has something pending like he's like i don't have much time. there's a journalist who really never gave him uh, a fair shake and and was obviously slanted in one direction on his work uh just picture a journalist for like rolling stone or something just hating on on this guy's music and uh they're they're in a room and he's like let's just get this shit over with like i don't have much time so ask your questions and we'll just get out of here cuz i'm on a limited time and you don't know why he's on a limit nick is on a limited time whether his contract with whatever is due and he's going to die soon you don't know um but again it happens after the fact nick is out of hell so you know that thor and hercules have done their their part to get Nick out of there. So, how they did it is the question, and and what bond, if if any, did they form? And I, I just I love the hell out of this book. It's metal AF, right? It's I have a soft spot for Glenn Danzig. Uh, be be it as he may, right? I mean, he's 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 an easy target, I think. I uh, um, Glenn uh, Danzig did a lot of good work with the Misfits. But his later stuff, eh, you know, some of it's
2: cringeworthy,
0: worthy. But I still like the guy, and and but I said he's an easy target. It's easy to make fun of Glenn Danzig, uh, but this is just pedal to the metal, full bore action, and it's 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 done in an Eric Larson way. I just uh, I think um, Welser even signs his name. With a descender like Larson does on one of his letters. So it's like, it's really, really close to Eric Larson's work. Um, obviously, Welser's good, but he's nowhere near as accomplished as as Eric Larson. But if you're a fan of Savage Dragon, this book is going to ring all the bells, is what I'm trying to say. I think it's extremely well done. Um, one of the better looking Uh, black caravan books I just had a a really fun time with it that's for me that's all I can ask for if I plunk down my money and you give me something memorable something exciting something that has a scene in it that you know makes me remember the book a month a year or more later there's a double page spread in this book um, where you know uh, Dylan is recounting his time in hell with Thor and Hercules and he's like Yeah, I'm fighting my way out of hell. And they're on a ship. And it's a Viking ship. And they're they're beset by all of these characters. Like, um, one more awesomely drawn than the next. There's, you know, your tradition. There's a character even here that looks like uh, Planet Hulk, Gladiator Hulk. But it's not Hulk, right? And and there are all of these diverse characters. But they're also being beset by Girl Scouts. Like, there's Girl Scouts bearing knives and spears trying to attack Thor and Hercules and Nick. Like, that's just ridiculous. But it's fun. There's a, 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 a skull with bat wings. That's all it is. It's a skull, a horned skull with bat wings. And that speaks so much to me, like, in the, in the, in the horror exploitation movies. But the fact that they thought it cool to insert a, a bat wing skull, you got me. Right. This is this is again one of those books, and we have yet to be introduced. There's a girl on board, the ship, and she's flipping the bird to the legions of hell. Like I don't know who this character is. Obviously, we're going to be introduced to her in issue two or maybe three. Who knows? But it's just it's 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 just a book that I'm, I'm not going to make any apologies for it. It it speaks to my soul, right? Heavy metal. Legions of Hell, Infernal Contract, Thor, Hercules, Mass Killing, Mass Brutality. It's in the title. This book's a winner. Gods of Brutality number one, uh, Rich Woodall, Mark Welser, Black Caravan. I think you should investigate it. If you if you're, you know, into this stuff like I am, this book is gonna it's it's written in your language. That's awesome. Sounds yeah. great. No, it's wonderful. And it's card stock cover. Shut up. Tell you what, if
1: those guys are looking for a pull quote, I would dig right back through the end of that review. Very succinct. Uh, you put it all together in sentences. Just amazing work uh, on that one. I hope, I hope that they do come around and look for it uh, because uh, you really did a good job of selling it.
0: Well, um, to be honest, I do a lot of work beforehand. With these things, like, I don't want to just come on. I'm not saying any of the other two guys do this. But I don't want to come on and just say, yeah, I'm not pointing fingers. Don't be, don't, don't be, no. But I just want to make sure that if I enjoyed a book, I'm going to try and convey that enjoyment in a way that is legit,
1: right? Did you write this book's a winner down on a piece of paper somewhere?
0: I never do that.
1: Okay.
0: No. That's pedestrian. I try not to be pedestrian.
1: I know you've been looking for different exciting ways to review comics. Um, I know,
0: right? But this—I'm ha- succeeding at it. Thanks. Th- th- this book has that Larson-esque capture of the power that Kirby infused, because that's basically what Eric Larson does. He takes that 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 power, that electricity, that 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 energy from Kirby. And he filters it through the Eric Larson lens. That's all Eric Larson does. I mean, he's really, really good uh, and very versatile, and and knows his way around the comic page. But it's basically every page Eric Larson does an ho- is an homage to Kirby. Uh, am I wrong?
1: Yeah, it's a little reductive.
0: Come I mean, on. I mean, I think he would argue
1: that, he, that 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 Kirby's a huge influence. But I mean, you know, he, he, all he right, enough work to not to not ascribe his whole everything
0: that he does to kirby well let's just say kirby is larson's starting point yeah for sure and pretty much his end point but (laughs) (laughs) i i love eric i i i would i would cut eric's lawn for ever for free you know but i mean you got to be honest a lot of what eric does is extracted from the work of kirby many people can say that right So if you enjoy that, this book is much akin to what Eric Larson does in Savage Dragon. I recommend it wholeheartedly. Gods of Brutality, in case you didn't get the title. (laughs) (laughs) And the logo is great because it... See, I have a real... I'm real picky, Ewan, when it comes to metal bands uh, logos. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand the the uh thrash metal um tendency to make their logo so convoluted and hard to read and indecipherable that you have to really look at it and say what the fuck is going on here like there's letters all over the place and the it's just like if the logo doesn't speak to you immediately then it's a failure yeah and I this this gods of brutality is a great logo it's yeah, not yeah. it's not all that 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 uh i call it like um the witch you ever see the movie the witch how there's a an undercover undercurrent in that movie with the the woods where everything's intertwined and it's metal logos are like that where they get all branchy and and it's you can't decipher them like if i'm looking at a record and there's your logo and i can't tell what the fuck it reads. I'm done. I'm not going to buy your album for the sake of principle. Like if I, if you don't put enough time into your logo, chances are really good you're not putting enough time into your music. Ooh. And maybe that's wrong of me to think that, but I judge. And this logo is instantly decipherable. It's a great logo. I would uh, wear. I would wear a shirt with that on it.
3: I I, I, I love the S and gods. Right. I, I I really like the way
0: the B is all sharp at the top. No, it, it is. It's a cool logo. 100%. It, yeah, it's a little in. It's a little involved, but it's not at a detriment. Like you 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 can tell exactly what it says. It reminds me of a maze. You could you, it, it,
3: you put your pen at one end and you just maze your way through to get to the top of the G. Yeah, like yeah. That.
0: But I mean, it makes sense. These these yes characters are trying to claw their way out of hell. So in a sense, it is a, a situation where they have to. You know find their way out so yeah maze is appropriate but some of these bands i don't want to point fingers but no you, no whatever you know but just webs yeah. strung it, together and, and it, like yeah, yeah and it looks like they just threw ink on a page and closed you know fold the page in <laughs> half oh there's our logo okay yeah yeah thanks what's your name again uh.
1: i can i mean of course i can believe it but i cannot believe you care like uh you're so into like sounds and like and like weird music stuff and like that's a that's that is a purely Vince hang up to have i think
0: no see I, but you know, you, you don't you're not in the classroom when i teach the elements of design are preeminent if you do not follow the elements of design you're a failure because those not. designers illustrators are designers i'm saying these bands well they should be Or they should employ someone who is because, because, you know, the
1: idea of an unreadable logo to me just means like, man, these guys don't give a shit. I bet their music is crazy.
0: No, 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 no. It means they don't want to make any money for the rest of their lives. That's what it means. (laughs) That
1: is possibly true, too. But I think that also means their music is probably crazy. I want to hear it.
0: We got totally different takes on this. Um, i think you uh, you as Besides a, the point. yeah, as a band, your logo is your thumbprint. Like Judas Priest, unmistakable. That's an awesome logo, right? Uh, if, if I can't tell, if I can identify you from your thumbprint, th- why would I waste my time on you? Yeah. The way
1: that people listen to music now, like you could hear a band for ten years without ever seeing an album cover or a logo or anything like
0: that. Well, that's now. We're we're at a at a. We suffer these days, right? <laughs> Look at the yeah, Yes so. logo. It's it's immediate. It's apparent. It's beautiful. It's organic. Everything that Yes is is their logo. Like I I you know I'm just naming like corrosion of conformity. I think their logo is fairly decipherable, but bands. Like that when when they're all like goth and doom and their their logo is this, this blood spattered thing and it's like fuck you. I'm not spending more than a second <laughs> trying to read your damn logo. I'm done. Wu Tang, excellent logo. I, amazing logo, right? Verse yeah. yeah. All right. Well Maybe I'm just an asshole. I don't know. But, but I, I think
1: it, it definitely fits in with your whole thing. But it is just funny to me that, that the bands like I never in my life I have logos for bands or musicians that I've liked, but I've never conflated the two things together.
0: Well, I mean, but
1: I also never like picked up an album because the logo was good. I like,
0: but doesn't it add to the experience? Like, I like it when there's a cool logo for sure All right, you go, let's go back to yes like Roger Dean doing the art for the album cover and that beautiful yes the loop uh, like it, it's just it's, it's beautiful uh, but on the flip side you look at the work of Brian Eno one of the most complex and cerebral musicians out there and in most cases it's just you know sans serif Brian Eno like yeah. that, that to me speaks volumes about this guy but uh, I think it, it it it's mostly relegated to the death doom metal genre, where these guys think they have to have this incredibly convoluted logo to to reach that certain fan base, and I think it's it, it's at a detriment because the uninitiated, like myself, can't decipher what the hell's going on. Like I love doom metal, I love death metal, and I'm 56. But if I pick up your album and I don't know your name, I'm not going to buy it.
1: I feel like uh, Death Metal logos look like uh, like James Stokoe drew them.
0: Exactly. But James Stokoe, More light, not not James, because James is too good to produce something like that, but James Stokoe's understudy. you know, The guy that sharpens James Stokoe's pencils for him produced it's- that.
1: You, I'm going down a rabbit hole looking at these now. It is hilarious how unreadable they are. It yes. it wouldn't stop me from reading them, from like picking up the record, but it is so funny that they're just like, "Fuck it, who cares?" Right. I it, think that's okay the goal. You're not a grandpa.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, boomer. I get it, but yeah, no. you have to make money. You're you're in music to not only do the thing that you want to do and and produce the art that you want to produce, but you need to eat. So if I can't tell you, you know, what the name of your band is, you failed.
1: That is crazy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, like, what about these guys that, like, work a job and then go tour in the summer or whatever, you know? Like, there's people that are just, like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, if I'm looking for music the same way I'm looking for, like, weird indie comics that, that nobody's heard of. Like, that's the ones I'm looking for. Where you're just like, oh, this guy's going to go on tours as soon as uh, his he gets enough vacation time.
0: Oh, that's awesome. But why would you want to hamstring yourself by making your logo indecipherable?
1: I'm saying, like, if that's it, if you're working a job and then you're going on tour in the summertime, like, you're, the audience that you have is different from the ones where it's for yes or whatever, where it's just like, oh, I hope everybody recognizes this when they see it. You're selling hand like you're hand selling stuff at venues.
0: Yeah, but graphic design is above that. Graphic design doesn't care who you are, where you came from. It it it, it serves a purpose.
1: You're it, saying as a designer, you place design over music
0: in music. Oh, uh, see, you're gonna try and box me into a corner, but <laughs> I, I
1: in this conversation. No,
0: I think that if the, if you take great care. In the presentation of your visual identity as a musician, you will then take the same great care in the presentation of your music. Right. Right. So if you don't give a shit that anybody can legibly tell who you are by your logo, then I'm not, I'm thinking your work is like, fuck it. Let's just make a bunch of disturbing sounds and to no avail. Right. That's where I'm coming from. It, it it's all about, the whole experience, right? Look at Kiss. One of the most instantly recognizable um, band logos ever. Is their music great? Uh, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, mid period, yes, it is. And I think they took great care with their music in that period. Later period, and, you know, maybe not. But I'm, what I'm saying is, it, it boom, it hits like a sledgehammer. Those two, um, you know lightning s's they're awesome and they're there like yeah i i I just don't understand why if you're trying to make me separate me from my money why would you hide yourself behind this explosion of crap that I, i whatever we've spent far too long on this (laughs)
1: every time i come on this show one of my favorite things is learning a little bit more about both of you and this is what i'm taking away from this week uh you're a man with a code and i love it
0: i i am and it all
1: the code is very complicated it's like a it's a book with a very well designed logo that is a a tome
0: no I, i hammer the elements of design constantly if you don't Conform, or at least know enough about the elements of design to break the rules. Then you, uh, you know, because you can't fix a bad design. Uh, you can fix shitty line work, easy. You just redraw it. You can, you can tweak a bad color palette. If you have a bad composition, you're fucking sunk. Am I right?
1: Next time I come on, I want to play a game where we each uh, grab. Five different death metal covers, and we send them
0: to each other and see if we can read the type. Okay, <laughs> well, let's do that. It sounds like you're already have you have a jump on it because you seem like you.
1: <laughs> I've been looking at them; they are illegible. <laughs>
0: it's just ridiculous.
1: These yeah. kids and their logos. Uh-huh. This band is
0: awesome. What's their name? I
1: don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think this band is called Salt for Cunty.
0: It's. Yeah, and I don't understand the whole "let's put explicit words in in our band title" because if you ever if you ever attain any modicum of um, I don't want to call it fame, but let's just say notoriety, nobody in the media is going to repeat your name.
1: Mm-hmm. What media? Who? What media that wouldn't say "cunty" is talking about? Uh, Miasmac. <laughs> Wait, I, are you
2: that, sure that's what it is?
1: That's the I'm name sure. of the band. I think that's the name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's out here talking about Siege of Power? Very readable. It's just a logo they stole from the internet. <laughs> it looks like it might also be like a White Power band.
0: You know, I, I'm not a fan of of uh, can typography, but sometimes I just wish for that shit. When I look at these band logos, like, give me something to to work with here.
1: <laughs> David just <laughs> sent us the most I, briar patch looking, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like rashes and just, yeah, it's mean, like thank you, Christopher Robin, you got in like, <laughs> <wire>. <laughs>
0: What the it fuck is
1: like when those devils danced around in Fantasia?
0: They're horrible. They're horrible, and and it's so boilerplate. Like they all look like there's just some guy in an office somewhere, rubber stamping hardcore metal band logos. That
3: the, I, uh, I
0: see. I see Fort, or is that Sort? The, uh, the
3: one I the one I just sent is the top one. Say like Cancer Rasputin or some shit. I don't know what. what it <laughs> that's, that's, uh, Geodome. Know, it's too long to be
0: cancer. Canker. I don't know what that is up there. Now see for all of these for all of these logos I'd be like okay party cannon I know what's going on here
2: <laughs> Right yeah
0: Yeah
3: but you got this wolf king And what, and the and the next to that one is that is that UNICEF? I don't know what the fuck that's
0: supposed no, to be. No, I don't know what that is. Un United un, whatever. 23? But the wolf king
3: Okay, then we I it. can see that. No alters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Ovid's withering? Oh, or oh, uh, this is good
1: radio. Listen, listeners, um, if you could see these convoluted logos, you would really be just chuckling up a storm right now. And you know what? I'm
0: gonna have to put this in the gallery for this episode because just so they know what we're talking about putrefaction by fire. See, I can discern some of that, but what's the other one? It looks like stringer decomposition. I don't think so, it could be. Impaled elk Death? Impaled off, off death the thing? Kennedy veil, looks ah, like in there. Yeah, the Kennedy. The Kennedy something. The Kennedy, the Kennedy J- Hell.
1: Library. <laughs> That's the actual logo for the JMK. So, J- so
0: stupid. Yeah. More power to you. You know? Whatever.
1: Purification by fire. I saw that one like a magic eye picture I had to cross my eyes. <laughs>
0: Right, if it's magic eye, I'm sorry. You guys have you have you failed miserably.
1: Yeah. Impaled offering. <laughs> I think the first one is canceled rapture.
0: Oh, you think? Thank you. Well, if you got to think, well,
1: I mean, that's what makes sense as a phrase.
3: Rapture. Yeah, so I don't That is a weird-looking rapture.
0: But the winner is Party Cannon absolutely that's
1: the band i want to see just because i want to know what they're doing hanging around with these now see w-
0: when, when you when you flop the r as as in the toys r us logo r us. Yeah. right yeah. you've won Winner. it's that's all right. about winning the and losing evilest ones in the whole bunch party
1: canon just because of how they don't care about their logo looking corny and fun yeah well, I, I, I would probably
0: res-
3: you know, the juggalos re- didn't want them so
0: they had to get home. <laughs> 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 i would respect the hell out of a band their name was Fuck You, and they did it in like Bodoni or Futura, right? <laughs> What's our name? Fuck You. I'm sure there's a
1: band called Fuck You. They won't play them on your old timey radio station. Like time.
0: No, but they they got a classy font in their logo. So. Oh God. Yeah. What else do we have? Are we going to bring this home? I don't know. I'm what got, else, Tony?
1: Yeah, I got nothing else. I, I'm just working.
0: All right. Well. If DAP does DAP have something else? Um... Let me guess. What? Superman versus Lobo. You know what? Yeah, because that's
3: not going to be my new travels because I ah shit. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, because I wanted to love this. Oh no. I I I dig, I dig a lot of what Tim and. And Sarah are doing here because it's even though it was written
0: um, <laughs> I just saw that Jason posted in the episode thread for seven fifty seven that he read Amazing Fantasy Two. <laughs> Thanks. Week, yeah, okay. We'll talk to you next week, buddy.
3: Oh my god. Thank
0: he you. can't you know, Skype doesn't work down in Florida, but he can read. Right. So And he can comment on tattoos <laughs> at length, <laughs> I may add. But, you know, somebody has two inches... Of, well, he did comment on that. I can't front on that. But...
3: Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did. Uh, he did. he che- yeah, Well, yeah, he's got to check on it. He checks it. Um, so, yeah. So, so this was um, Superman vs. Lobo, book one. Written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty, who of course. Bring you money shot. Uh, Merkur and- Andolfo is your artist. Arif Prianto on colors. Uh, Fabio Amelia... As letters, the um, I wish I saw the Simon Bisley variant cover. It's a Black Label book, so it's the larger size.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know it was a Black Label. Yeah,
3: yeah. And, well, you wouldn't know if you read it because there's absolutely nothing in it that indicates it that it, that, that 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 takes advantage of it being a Black Label book. Really? Because yes, yeah, doesn't it doesn't skew to the adult? There's it's it, Lobo's old miniseries are more extreme than this book. And Sarah's so dirty. Yes.
0: Like, I, I, don't, I don't get
3: it. I don't either. It, I, I feel it was a missed opportunity. Uh, there was a... Um, I, I think, you know, Tim and Sarah, I think, do a great job writing Lobo. Um, I like Mirka's version of Lobo. I'm not thrilled with her drawing Superman. And this reads as though it's some weird not current or even post-Burn Superman where, where where Clark and Lois are not, they're not together. They, they just work at the Daily Planet. There's no indication that they're in a relationship. And in the, in, in the few moments, in the few pages we do see Clark working at the Daily Planet. Um, when he's, you know, dressed as Superman and, and, and taking care of things. Um, you know, he's, he's just Superman. Jimmy Olsen has a few good lines where he talks about there's, there's one moment where, uh, he, he mentions that, uh, he's, he's glad that, um, that, you know, he'll do anything for Superman. Uh, I owe him for yesterday and for rescuing me from that time traveling Roman legion. And for adopting me so I could go to the father son baseball game. I mean, there's some fitting Oof. moments in there. But, um, it's, it's a, um, Lobo's on vacation and he, um, he's really kind of taking advantage of, of being on vacation. There's this woman, this Dr. Flick, who is, um, is from the future and she is basically, she's observing Lobo. She's like the watcher. She can't, she can't interfere. She just watch, she, she's just, she's present. He knows she's there, but you know, while he's doing damage on this planet and, um, and, and, and fucking people up, she's just observing it all and, and, and keeping records. Her, her whole, her kink is, you know, following, sole survivors of of planets and then when superman shows up she's like holy shit it's a twofer and um there's this huge tardigrade who shows up to um wreck lobo's day superman comes in to take care of the drama going on lobo of course takes offense to that and and so he decides to head back head to earth and mess up Superman's day. And so there's this whole thing where uh, Lobo kicks off this this hashtag where um, hashtag no thanks Superman, you know, hashtag don't save me like Superman sucks. So he's trying to turn the public against Superman. Now, this isn't this isn't something that Tim and, and Sarah wrote recently. I believe they wrote this late last year before it was finished so there are things where you look at it and like you know you would expect things like anti-vaxxers would say something like this and therefore you know you think that they're taking advantage of current events and no it's just they're it's it's not hard to predict how stupid people are going to act so or, or behave so so if this is following any sort of present day current events it's it's because it was all it was telegraphed and and you just knew the stupid was going to grow but it it's so it it could hit a little close to home in some regards but um the the toy man is involved for a little bit it's just it's it's a fun um escape but i just feel like i said that that there were, there were chances that could have been taken that would have um, made more sense considering the the format, the imprint, um, the characters here. I, we, we've seen Superman and Lobo take on each other over the years, and and it's it, it can make for a, a really fun fight. I'm looking forward to the next issue, actually. Um, is, there's a cool cliffhanger and, and we'll see where it goes, but, uh, and I don't really like the last page because Merka is aware of, um, of Lobo's past series. And, uh, and there's a neat little, um, not an Easter egg. It's right there, but it made me smile. But yeah, I just, I, I, like I said, I, I really, really wanted to like this a lot more than I did. And, um, you know we'll see there's there's i think two more issues and i'll uh hopefully we will this is just everybody trying to get situated and get their bearings to 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 tell the rest of the story but um yeah i, I just you know for a black label book um and and there are certain certain ways i prefer my superman to look and and it's it's not um there's the version in here is not necessarily um mm. to my liking but that's then that's totally anything you know someone may just say you know, that, that who cares what he looks like as long as he acts and behaves the same way and there are some things there are some instances in the issue where i'm like i don't even know if if, if he does it that but
0: yeah i don't think it's a you thing i mean that superman and the snyder movies that ain't superman as far as i'm concerned that's true yes. but so, you know, it, it's on the presentation, but it doesn't sound like they took advantage of the label. They did not. Right, right. And you know what? Um, I think Sealy and Beatty are an item, aren't they?
3: I think so, too,
1: but I yeah. do They are not.
0: Oh, they're oh, not.
1: No, nope, Sealy's married with a kid. They're just right together.
0: Oh, because if they were an item, I would have said I would switch places with him in a freaking heartbeat. And They don't have to. I I love Sarah Beatty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Her her Twitter feed is amazing. She is just so raunchy and nasty yep. and uh, raw. <laughs> I I and and she's very very easy on the eyes as well. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, she's absolutely one of the best parts about Twitter. Yep. Yeah. I love Sarah. So good on Tim for picking a great writing mate. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read this yet, so we'll see.
1: Me and Tim are working on a thing
0: together. He he
1: picks more than one great writing mate. It turns out.
0: <laughs> no, I like I like yeah. Tim stuff. You know what? I look at my shelf, and more often than not, the the amount of Tim Seeley work I have is relegated to Hackslash or Masters of the Universe. But <laughs> I mean, when when Tim fixates on something, he's really really good at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a real like he's a fun guy to write with because. You just throw stuff back and forth, and like he's very collaborative,
0: right? Which I like because I'm very collaborative too. It's nice. That's a word I would apply to you, collaborative. Yeah, sure. And cute. Oh, oh absolutely cute. Yeah, had cute. be
3: first. Hey,
1: <laughs> did you see that I sent you the website of the band called "Fuck You and Die"?
0: I saw, I saw that. <laughs> but you know what? You can read it sure even their logo Carnifex I can read that
1: oh that's the t-shirt fuck you and die is a little harder to read but you can read it it's on that website and they
0: did a, a nice uh, these guys love symmetry for some reason uh, and yeah. you know so it's it's kind of symmetrical but you know not but at least I can read it fuck you and die <laughs> Or in the movie Zodiac at the beginning where the guy's like,
3: fuck off and die.
0: Yeah. And then
1: they're like, fuck off and die. One, two, three,
0: four. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. If you would like to get your books getting fast, them delivered straight to your door, you know where to go. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Hold your breath because I'm betting... That by the time you exhale, the list of specials will be up. And you'll be able to see just how much money you can save at Discount Comic Book Service. It's a lot. Um, I scoff at paying 3 dollars for a comic book, but I don't have to. Because I know where to go where the prices are low. And that is Discount Comic Book Service. Just go there. In your travels. This may be considered beating a dead horse. But... Uh, I have a pretty long uh, memory, and I can't remember enjoying an anthology as much as I have enjoyed Skybound 10. And it's totally surprising to me because I don't have a horse in this race, right? Um, Kirkman, I appreciate what he does, and I recognize the talent therein, but Not one of the guys you hear out of my mouth very often. Um, Skybound 10 is a great freaking anthology. And um, I know we talked number one up at length, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we went too far into uh, issue two. And I'm not going to go very far into it. uh, But to say that as a fan of um, Birthright, What uh, Joshua Williamson and and Andre Brisson and company do as uh, storytellers is amazing. You would think that if you were approached by, you know, the head of the imprint, yeah, we're going to do an anthology. Do you think maybe you can cook up, I don't know, like a six to eight page story? You know, you do just enough to not make yourself look bad, but there's a birthright epilogue in issue two that is just plain astounding. I mean, there's a double page, there's a, a single page splash image of these these creatures that um, Mikey's brother encounters in the other place. I mean, I looked at it for a long time, just, just marveling at Brisson's uh, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I'm just going to go with Brisson. His design ability, it's just Brisson, is it Brisson? B R E S S A N.
3: B R. Oh no, never mind. I, thought, I was thinking of Ed Brisson. Never mind. Yeah.
0: No, his design ability is great, but the the way this guy works lines is just uh, outstanding. And um, I'm hoping that this this chapter gets included in in the tenth volume of. Uh, birthright if not like that's an injustice because this this thing was great but the the point i'm trying to make is that uh i think an anthology of this type is designed to lead you to the series proper featured within its pages and and i will be totally honest i have never read a page of chip Zdarsky and ramon perez stillwater but after reading the stillwater chapter in skybound 10 number 2 i hopped on discount comic book service and i added the first volume of stillwater to my order nice because this story was great i guess stillwater is a a town in which the denizens don't die that
3: was my guess yeah
0: yeah and uh they're very protective of their population. They don't want to get noticed by the outside world cuz that could lead to problems, right? So there's a there's a boundary that they do not cross. You cannot go outside of the boundary of the town, bad shit happens. So you can't do it. And one of the characters cat is is fond of going outside the boundary and and that's not good. But but this character is berated by an older gentleman whose wife traversed outside the boundary and it, the just the way that this little short story was wrapped up in that uh the the boy allows the cat to just live just live your life go I'm, I'm letting you go. I love you so much go ahead if if going outside of the boundary is what you want to do, so be it. And the old man, you know, gave the kid a hard time, but his wife did the same thing. And at the end of the story, the kid and the old man meet on common ground because they realize that to love something is to allow it to proceed in a direction that the, you know, whatever it is deemed necessary. So there's a lot of heart in it. And as I thought, so great, this is, uh, I'm guessing it's a horror story. Um, judging from the premise, but I don't really care. So I, I, whatever it is, I'm I'm in. I ordered the first volume of Stillwater. So to me, this anthology is very, very successful in that number one, it got me to buy a skybound book. What, <laughs> like uncharacteristic, right? For the most part, like I lo- I love Birthright, but that was a hard won or hard fought battle. And and now I'm reading Stillwater, and there's a, there's a another story in here called um, Machine Boy, Everyday Hero Machine Boy, and it's it's a, a prequel to what's gonna come. And if the series that's gonna come looks as good as this and reads as good as this, this thing is by um, Tree Vong and Irma Canvia Canvia. I'm in because so from my vantage point this anthology has done what it was designed to do get me interested in skybound books and characters so if you're um if you have some extra dollars invest in skybound 10 there was five issues each of which will cost you i don't know david what's the cover price on this oh 4.99 yeah they're prestige bound they got nice cardstock covers Thick interiors the the Rick Grimes two thousand story is just amazing. it's so much fun go go read Skybound ten. I love this anthology, and I never thought I would ever say that about a skybound book so
3: yeah, I haven't read the fifth issue yet um
0: there's an Art Adams cover on issue three it's yeah. It's amazing,
3: yeah, yeah there's definitely more i mean across the five issues there's there is it's it's way more good than anything close to bad even even if you're not reading the stories that uh the ongoings that the stories stem from um yeah i think there's still things in there like you said with the with with the the still water i i did read that when it was cute it's probably the only thing i read of sadarsky that i enjoyed but it it is it's it's I think it also helped with, with, with the Perez art, but no, it was...
0: Yeah, no, Ram- Ramon's great, but it just seems like there's a foundation of, of emotion in the thing yeah. that I haven't detected in a lot of Zdarsky's work. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. in, right?
1: Yeah. His uh, crossover issue was pretty heartfelt as well. Uh, the one that, that Phil and Andy did uh, with them. Very good, very good issue.
0: Nice. I'll look into that. But I, I just, it, it, you know, it's not often that something comes out of left field and surprises the hell out of me. Skybound 10, jaw on the floor. I know yeah, it's.
1: To, I grabbed an issue of it just because you guys were talking it up so much, and I, I gave it a look. It's, it's cool, and it sounds like as a sampler, it worked on you.
0: Yeah. Oh, very much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: sure? No. And your channel. What time we do this? I don't know when
3: everybody. Jesus, my God! <laughs> but it's your first time listening. So <laughs> the uh, when and of course uh, I talked about Hardware season one number one uh, recently, and I had read Icon and Rocket number one or season one number one at the same time. Didn't speak about it, but then last week I read issue number two. Of Icon and Rocket season one. I liked the second issue a lot. Um, this is uh, it's written by um, Reginald Hudlin and uh, pencils by Doug Braithwaite, inks by Scott Hanna and uh, Andrew Curry, Brad Anderson on colors. The um, the first issue does kind of um, well. It, it retells. Icon's origin. Uh, you get a little bit more information as far as the spaceship that, uh, he was on and, and before it came to earth and, and landed in the fields. Um, and then we cut to present day where, um, the, uh, the woman, woman, the young lady, um, the uh rocket and uh she she she's with a couple of um do duels uh she's hanging out with her boyfriend and um and a couple other idiots and they're going to rob this house and um turns out it's the house that uh where Gustavs Freeman lives and he doesn't take too kind to people trespassing on his property, but they're they're getting a weird vibe from this place because a lot of the, a lot of the photos or the paintings, everything on the wall kind of looks like the dude who lives here, but these are all old paintings and photos. And it's like, that's, I mean, that's, it's weird that someone would look just like someone else. Like you, you say, Oh, you look like just your grandfather, but he looks just like somebody who might be able to be, um, is uh his grandfather but the 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 burglary doesn't go well um when uh when the other three dudes scatter Raquel sticks around and um and she kind of uh she 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 gets when when augustus is talking to her she's like you know, he, he she realizes that listen i i don't know really what i want to do with my life obviously this isn't it but um know, i kind of just get pulled into things and go along for the ride and things like that but uh she she ends up coming back to augustus house the next day and and she kind of um she kind of comes clean, but then she also says, listen, you know, you, and this was a little weird because I felt this moved awfully quickly. She comes back the next day with, like, these drawings, and she's like, you know, you can do more good for the people in this community if you weren't holed up in this house and just, you know, go into your law office every day. Um, you know, and instead of hiding, you could, you know, like, be a superhero. And then, you know, she's she's got a little drawing for herself where she's going to be his partner. Um, and, you know, don't care about whether or not she's throwing herself in harm's way. She's just like, you know, I think we could do good work together. Um, and and she, she just ask, you know, can we try it? You know, if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but can we at least try it? And then the, the, the last page of the first issue, we cut to Paris 1921, where there's, uh, where um, Augustus is talking to a young woman who looks an awful lot like Raquel, which is why I think that, uh, he's kind of interested or at least, uh, willing to see this plan of Raquel's play out and, and see, uh, see where things go. So, um, the second issue though, we kind of get a little bit more now, now our team is in action. Our heroes are taking care of business. They're, 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 uh, war- cleaning up the streets, getting some drug dealers off of them. Um, but it turns out that there's a that the government is aware of Augustus Freeman. They are aware that he's an alien, and everybody is comfortable with this arrangement where you know he doesn't make a lot of noise and 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 he keeps his nose to himself um and the government doesn't out him and I guess it's been a beneficial partnership because you know the technology that he's aware of and that he brought with him to earth uh you know government can use and it's all it's all very it's everything's working out nicely um but once he starts making a splash and cleaning up the streets uh the government's concerned that uh their affiliation that, that the arrangement they have might uh might fall apart and at the end of the issue we're told a story uh set back um in uh, around the time of um, of the uh, of the Civil War, and the person actually, he claims that he killed Augustus Freeman back then. Uh, whether or not you know, whether that death didn't take or he came back whatever happened we don't know yet but this person um he uh after after augustus killed jefferson davis the president of the confederacy um this dude killed augustus and um And he even says, I watched him bleed out in front of the crowd. Then I destroyed all evidence of his existence. Every newspaper account, every eyewitness, we said Davis had been imprisoned when he was released. He was an imposter. And, and so, you know, now, you know, some history, you learned some history today, uh, but somehow Augustus managed to survive and now he's returned. But this time with your support, the government's support, I will make sure he stays dead. And, um, so we have a big bad to worry about, um, I thought the second issue moved things along a lot better as far as what we're trying to do with these six issues. Um, I'm still happy milestones back. I'm, um, you know, I, I despise bullies immensely and, and knowing that, uh, Icon and, and rocket are striving to take care of, of bullies and clean things up. Um, pleases me but yeah I uh, it's it's a little different than what we got back in the day with with um, with the original run but I'm all for uh, giving it a chance so in your travels continue to read milestone particularly in this case icon and rocket season one
1: in your travels <laughs> September 15th a huge 11 o'clock day at the comic book stores for trade paperbacks. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to have your David A. Price inking debut. Rick and Morty Worlds Apart trade paperback comes out uh, featuring the incredible inks of David Price on two incredible panels. Uh, it's up to you to try and guess which one catch him at New York Comic Con, get an autograph while he's wandering around, keep a safe distance. Yes. Please wear a mask. Thank you. Um, And then also you'll find uh, Vince B's incredible touching words, incredibly transcribed right on the back of Stray Dogs, Trey Paperback, which also comes out September 15th. Uh, It's the story of a... uh, group of dogs who live in the house of a serial killer and they don't know that's what's going on. They just think that he's their master and he loves them. And what happens when they find out that they're all trophies taken from the serial killer's victims? Uh, so that, that comes out on September 15th. Vince B calls it. Do you remember what you said, Vince? I'm sure you think about it a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful
1: I... its simplicity and perfection. Yes. Just freaking brilliant. Just right freaking brilliant this show uh so yeah th- those two in your travels pick up those two books in two weeks on september 15th
2: september
3: um, really is the best month ever
1: i've always said so is it though it is i mean we had some trouble at the Not beginning of the paid. millennia uh rough september is for sure but you know
0: my wife was born in september my ex- so was
3: I, dude, which is why it's the best month ever.
0: No, I see it's it's a yin yang type thing. No, it is like I'm woohoo. David was born in September, and then the yang, like mm, I think the burr underneath my saddle was born in September. So
3: <laughs> yes, but that burr also helped you spawn three. Years. Oh yeah,
0: no, I'm down with so, that. Sure. Right. Yep, one hundred percent. So David A. Price okay. born in September. Okay. My man, love my life.
1: Oh. <laughs> the love of your life is born in September, ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just not, you know, the other one. Oh, I love you guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. If you are so inclined, if you haven't had enough of the 11 o'clock experience, just with us in your ear sockets you can go to facebook reddit twitter instagram we're all over those things and if you would uh if you're more adventurous you can even check out the patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics there's a lot of cool stuff going on there and you will be able to ingest the entire experience in a couple of weeks maybe a month i don't know we'll see but we're going to open up the floodgates and just let it all hang out so you can see what everybody else already knows. So, 11 o'clock comics, uh, Patreon. In the meantime, say goodnight. I have something that I hope will work. No, it doesn't work. The battery's dead, you fucker.
1: I don't have anything musical here. I have a little Frankenstein
0: monster that I bought that should make a noise. It's not doing it. You can hear the rubber, though. (laughs) You little bastard. Well, all right. That's good. Tony's accompaniment is fine. (laughs) David.
3: Good night.
0: All right. Knock him off his horse, Tony. Say something.
1: I can argue with you guys tonight about. I always think about like I want to go on this uh, uh, Slack, but I don't want to pay you twenty dollars.
3: You don't have Uh, to.
1: How much? It's ten. Yeah. So that's like five dollars more than I are. Of course, you know I'm in in the regular tier. Yeah. So five extra dollars a month, I could be in the in the Slack. Now. I don't know if I'd go on it very much, but
3: I just like the option. People would love David. People would absolutely love.
2: (laughs) Oh
0: Jesus! To see you there, (laughs) you Um, see that little offhand, David. Oh, by the way, he's so
2: slick.
3: Okay, there are. I will. I will. I will honestly tell you this, Tony. Um, and and there are. It's a real hard sell. No, no, no. This is this is Jason and I. Jason and I are the pricks in this scenario. Very we much because we're 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 you know because well Jason's all about the business and I'm like listen because it's not I'm kind of in between Vince and Jason but um, every other week or so Vince is like yeah we gotta get Tony on the Slack we gotta get Tony and and we're like bro he's not that's not it, 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 he this is just here that this that's is a true story <laughs> and and we've had we we have people on the Slack saying so when's Tony getting here. Yep. So why doesn't why why isn't Tony here? Why 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 don't we just invite Tony over? And it's like it's like, do you guys not understand how these things? Like, who would be fair to? And it's like this is all. We're not. It, it, it this is the way it is. This is what everybody signed up for. This is how it is. And and yes, everybody of course everybody would be cool with it, but it's not. It's it's it,
1: oh, it, if it's, I got on that slack for free, I would never shut up about how all those
3: other fools are paying for it. So you see our dilemma, but it would bit, be like, I would just absolutely. Case, I mean, make we, make we would. We, you would. You would be welcome with open arms. People would love to see you, uh, hear from you, read your words. It, but it's uh, but yeah. I mean, Vince, we've all want you there, and Vince is just you know giving shit away. But but you know, Jason's the businessman. <laughs> I don't and, and, see the
0: problem in it. But whatever. I know. I know
3: you don't. I know. I know. Vince, uh, go before we get off of this,
1: the Skype tonight. Tell me about this your two Dracula situation over there, so I can know if I'm going to pull the trigger on this thing. Oh, it's that close? I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, I'll forget about it in two days. Are you bidding or are these available right now? No, it's just a buy. I don't bid. I don't either. Yeah. I never Do
0: bid.
3: I have? I, the few essentials I have, I don't even think I have a Tomb of Dracula.
0: Honestly, though, I think I have Tomb of Dracula in digital. If you don't, if you just want to read it, and I, I could save you 169 bucks by just throwing the digital in we,
1: we started out this. Uh, this episode talking about how we have problems where we just uh, buy things. Yeah. Like this, this is what we're looking at right here. I wanna pick it up, I wanna flip it. Okay. I see that butt that really that rocketed you into puberty.
3: Oh, I've got I've got Punisher, I've got me, I think, I think I got Howard the Duck. Those are the only essentials I have.
1: Have the Howard the Duck. I do have that.
0: I have the uh, the uh, the Conan essentials.
1: I've got one of those too. Yeah, I would one.
0: never get rid of those, even though they have the, uh, you know, Conan's been reprinted in multiple formats. But something about that original yes. art. Marvel for seventy years. No, right. Looking at it in black and white, it just works for me, even it's though they
1: reprint like the magazine stuff. For
0: sure, right, right. That's that's one omnibus uh, series that I I should have bought into, but I didn't, um, and now. Mm, I guess some of them are, are stupid expensive because they're, quote, out of print, whatever.
1: You were saying that about the Planet of the Apes magazine reprints that Boom did, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Stupid. I got, I got the first one and then I fell off. I didn't get the rest of them.
0: Well, you have the good one then because the oh, first
1: that's one. The, that's the expensive one?
0: Yeah, the first one's Terror on the Planet of the Apes. That's the one you want. The, the right. rest of it is, it, mm, it's good. But no, it it doesn't compare. no,
1: I feel better about this then. Yeah,
0: you're good. you're good. All yeah. right, ev- everybody. we love you so much, and you're we still- well, yeah, we are, and we we want to thank tony for for spending time with us yet again. you know when when Jason you know shirks his responsibility, you can always expect to see Tony here one of these days. We're going to all be here with Tony, and that'll be a party and a half. But uh, thank you, Tony, for uh, joining us. We love you. I
2: Uh, love it.
0: We're out of here. Say goodnight, boys. Later.
1: Later, buddy. That's it for that one.